Port are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are still expected. EasyJet cancelled a total of 41 flights yesterday. A controlled explosion was carried out, but Bedfordshire police say a suspect package did not present a wider danger. More from Jane Killick. Police were called to the departure terminal of Luton Airport at half past one yesterday lunchtime. An item passing through security caused concern and the bomb squad were called. People were evacuated from the building as experts carried out checks. A controlled explosion was carried out at a quarter past five. Bedfordshire police say no one was arrested. A timetable setting out how Scotland would receive more powers if voters reject independence in next week's referendum is expected to be endorsed by the three main pro-union parties later today. The latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against independence is tied at 41%. 18% said they were undecided. A 63-year-old man from Aylesbury has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a man was stabbed in the neck in a shop yesterday afternoon. The man in his mid-twenties was attacked in Babs Food and Wine Store in Buckingham Road at 2.25. He was taken to Stoke Mandeville Hospital in a serious condition. Former residents of a Catholic orphanage in Bedfordshire have welcomed a decision to carry out a new review into claims of physical and sexual abuse. The investigation into St Francis Boys' home in Shefford in the 1940s, 50s and 60s will be led by a senior police officer. David Cox lived at the home and says he was a victim of, abu- of abuse. He hopes the inquiry will make make some progress. All avenues have to be looked at. I think as much digging for ex-residents of the home have to be looked at. I think the Catholic Church most certainly has to come into the forum with the police and answer questions. In sport, two goals from Danny Welbeck gave England a 2-0 win in Switzerland in their opening qualifying match for Euro 2016. Here's manager Roy Hodgson. We're on the right track. We're getting the right players. These Young players coming through will be good players, without a shadow of a doubt. And so it was so important tonight to get off to a good start against you know the team in the group, obviously, which people would be thinking are our biggest rival. The weather, another dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Pretty little market town in the middle of the Chiltern Hills. Exploring where you live. You've got more or less all the shops you need for a weekly basis. And you had a very strong sense of the place. All this week, we're discovering Prince's Risborough. You keep finding new places and new views. Even just driving about, you get surprises. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Whippy, it's the Jubilee. It's not quite the Jubilee, my young friend. But there's another royal baby on the way. Sing hosannas. Did your heart leap with joy as mine did yesterday when it was announced? It was announced to me by Tony Fisher in a rather inappropriate manner. I think what he said, Catherine, borders on high treason, doesn't it? Does it really? Yeah. Do you know what the first thought in my mind was? Yeah. Very nice for them. The second thought is, oh, I'm going to be thinner than Kate. <laughs> hey! Just for a month. Justin Dealey sent me a very excited text. I can I can read the text that he sent me. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me find it, let me find it. Royal baby number two on the way. I'm so happy, kiss. It's not his. He, he said, no, I, well, we don't know. Well, we think we do. I replied, voices with soul? Yes, yes, yes! 
He's taken it to the streets. Other things on the show this morning. Taxi rules tightened, abuse allegations reviewed, and Luton flights delayed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call and celebrate the birth. Well, the announcement. Now they've had. To, it's a strange situation because, as we all know, parents and parents to be, you don't really announce it until it's twelve weeks because the first twelve weeks, the first three months, it's when it's particularly risky. It's it's it, things could happen, and they've kind of been forced to, haven't they? Because she's got the morning sickness again. Yeah, and people get wind of it. When I was in America, you get wind of sickness. When I was in America last month, the magazines were telling us then that she was pregnant. Oh. Did they know? Was it just a guess? Wow. They said she'd rescheduled things. Well, she's rescheduled her um, well, her periods. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> is that? What you meant? No, I think they meant more like, you know, dinner parties and... Uh, and by, by saying that, I'm not being crude. It just shows I'm a gentleman in touch with... Well, you know, I can talk about these issues and not feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel like I'm talking to one of the sisters. Yeah, yeah. Should we take our clothes off and just walk around in our bras? Don't push it, big boy. Okie dokie. I wait four five. That's what girls do, by the way. I wait four five nine. Four double five five double five is the telephone number. Should you wish to give us a call, I tell you what. Let's go to. Um, let's do this story first, and then we can. Uh, we'll have a little song in a little bit. We'll enjoy some music in a moment. More than thirteen hundred taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi license. This is a story we've been covering for the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, and it's moved on a pace. In future, all applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless, unless there are, quotes, exceptional circumstances. I, I'm not quite sure what that means. Let's see if we can find out with the help of our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, who was at last night's council meeting. Paul, what are the headlines on this story? Well, Ian, these um, improvements are going to be phased in uh, over the next sort of two months or so. Um, what they'll do is conduct these, These you remember CRB, that was the sort of old police checks, well, they're now called DBS, and uh, those will be done on all 1,300 drivers or so. There's, a, I think, a bit more than 1,300. And those which raise concerns will be interviewed by the council and potentially involving the police if necessary. Uh, the council says it's going to increase its staffing uh, levels to manage this. It's going to bring in two more enforcement officers to take on the extra work. Now, the taxi drivers, incidentally, wanted confirmation that those were just new roles and not just, uh, you know, uh, people sort of being moved aside, if you like, because, you know, understandably, they say there's going to be a huge amount of work on their hands and it could mean that things take a bit longer. Um, phase two will see the police brought in to act as a, as, as a statutory consultee. They will be consulted in all applications from now on uh, and licences will take a bit longer to process because um, they're being given an extra bit of time uh, to, to push those details through and to check the details if necessary. So um, that, that, those are the sort of headlines from last night and the review incidentally into the actions of those councillors who made those decisions about that uh, that driver and those other drivers who had convictions, uh, that investigation is still ongoing. Uh, th- th- this line about exceptional circumstances, you, you, you won't be given a licence if you've got a conviction for sexual or violent offences unless there are exceptional circumstances. What does that mean? 
Well, there's a few details about that in the actual agenda. But what I'm told is that councillors did want to put in a stronger rule to completely forbid it. Um, but they were told uh, that there was a danger of a legal challenge if any other terms than that were used. So there could be, uh, I, I'm not going to sort of speculate, but there could be a situation whereby if somebody had been convicted of something and it turned out not to be the case, that uh, they could challenge it. That that was really changed on legal advice by the council. They took uh, advice from their own solicitors. Now, the Labour leader in charge of the council, Peter Marland, said it wasn't a bad policy uh, which made those decisions in the first place. He said that the councillors were working from good guidelines two, three years ago, but actually it was a failure of common sense uh, which led to that decision. It should never have been taken, and the council policy should have actually stopped this from happening when. Uh, they made that original uh, uh, sort of uh, license granted in 2011 and then subsequently in 2012 for that gentleman who was a serial rapist and, and that they'd made a terrible decision. They also said that the position of the councillors must go before the public uh, at the next election and that's a, a matter for them if they choose to... That's, of course, Subhan Shafiq, Gladstone, Mackenzie and Stuart Burke. If you could ask the cat just to be quiet for another minute, Paul, what do the drivers make of this? Well... I think there's a sense amongst the rank that uh, that they feel that they have been tarnished by this experience that, uh, you know, the the council's failure to uh, conduct itself properly has had an adverse impact on them. They're concerned about some of the changes which have been um, made. Uh, There was a a lot of talk about the use... uh, I I got quite confused because, you know, the the taxi drivers are very concerned about... uh, parts of the document saying that they should have fire extinguishers in the cab and I thought well what's wrong with that but apparently uh, there's concern amongst the drivers that fire extinguishers in the cabs could be used as weapons no. by passengers put it under the seat yeah yeah put it under the seat absolutely and and so that that was a real sort of eye opener for me anyway I did after the meeting speak to Peter Kirkham who is the um, chair of the Milton Keynes Taxi Association this is what he said about the changes I don't think it will stop it because at the end of the day the way that the administration is within the taxi industry nationally, it's down to a councillor's decision. What's up in his mind, his brain, and how he sees what should be for the future. And, of course, sometimes, you know, they get it wrong. So I don't think this policy will put an end to that 100%, no. But it might bring to the attention of those councillors that are responsible to think, hang on, what happened a few weeks back? And this might be the good bit of it. And there was a message, wasn't there, for uh, councillors Gladstone, Mackenzie, Stuart Burke and Subhan Shafiq who knew, uh, who made the decision about granting the man who they knew it was a serial rapist a licence. Yeah, that's right, Ian. I mean, the, the leader of the council said that the, uh, the councillors really need to examine their conscience about what they do next and uh, the fact that they hadn't even apologised uh, when, you know, they had made such an obvious mistake. Um, it really said something about, you know, what the trust that could be placed in them uh, by the electorate. And, and we did try and, you know, we know we've been trying to speak to Subban Shafiq, the mayor, former mayor who stepped down after recommending this uh, driver be approved and um, yesterday our reporter Neil Bradford actually went to to try and speak to him with a camera crew and uh, this is what happened when Neil confronted Subban Shafiq about uh, his decision. Mr Shafiq, Neil Bradford from the BBC. Can I ask you a few questions? Why don't you want to talk to us Mr Shafiq? 
just like to ask you a few questions about why you vouched for a taxi driver who had sexual uh, offences as a criminal past. Have you got any answers? No comment. Are you going to resign as a councillor? No comment, sir. Why did you vouch for someone that you didn't know very well? No comment, sir. Is your judgment impaired? Do you think you're fit and proper to stand as a local councillor? Why won't you answer our request for an interview? No comment. Well, obviously not particularly keen to answer any questions there. 08459 455 555. Thank you very much, Paul. Imagine um, uh, William and Catherine waking up and singing this to each other. Yeah. She got in between bouts of her throwing up, yeah. yeah exactly. Would make anyone nauseous, wouldn't it's, it? She's a woman in love. Uh, she doesn't quite love what it's doing to her because it's, you know. She loves what's going through her. Yeah. yeah. Half of the uh, staff. Of Powerful the stuff. If you want to celebrate the announcement of a new royal baby, 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a very good morning, and so far this morning it's a rather quiet start, actually, across the three counties. Not seeing any major problems or delays. The M1 Luton Spur starting to build a little bit between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport, as those roadworks are continuing there. So far, checking on the M25, that's moving rather well. On the M40, there's a lane closed for some bridge maintenance work, just a Junction 5 for Stoke and Church, so do expect some delays there. So far on the trains, everything's running well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.16, it's 
Tuesday, the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines. Is it Tuesday or is it Wednesday? I've forgotten what day it is. It's Tuesday. Hey. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. And the latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against Scottish independence is tied at 41%. I'm sure the accent will help. You trying to keep them or...? 18% that they were undecided. Oh, wow. <laughs> A Paisley impression. <laughs> Hang on, he's an Irish fella. Yes, he is. Ouch. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Pound, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. They just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio.
Former residents of a boys' home in Bedfordshire have welcomed a decision by police to review the investigation into claims of organisational, physical and sexual abuse. In May 2013, it was revealed an investigation had begun into goings-on at the Francis Boys' Home in Shefford in the 50s and 60s. Well, Catherine Boyle has been looking into this and joins me now. Catherine, why have police chosen to carry out this review now? Well, Bedfordshire Police are at pains to, to, to emphasise that they're taking the allegations of abuse at the or- or- orphanage over a 30-year period. We're talking during the 40s, 50s and 60s. They say that they've always taken them seriously, but they now want to provide all of the victims involved with an outcome, which is why a senior investigator has been appointed to oversee this. His name is Mark Ross, and he's a retired police officer. He told us that victims have now felt able to contact the police where they've not done so before, and the investigation has evolved. He also added, we're now living in a very different era, and social attitudes in the criminal justice system have changed significantly in the last 50 years. Uh, And what form will this investigation take? Well, ex-residents of the orphanage will have to undergo the trauma of being re interviewed by police and going through something that perhaps they've not spoken to many people about, if any people about, for many, many years. We're told they will be fully supported through this process and that the review will be a comprehensive and transparent review and all previous allegations will be looked at. Okay, so what do the victims claim happened to them? Well, we've talked to former residents of the home who allege they were physically and or sexually abused at the orphanage, which was run by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Northampton. Many have said that they were abused by one priest in particular, Father John Ryan, who ran the home in the 1960s and died in 2008. Now, others say they're abused by Father Wilfred Johnson, who ran the home between 1945 and 1954. Again, he's passed away. He died in 1994. David Cox lived at the home, and he was one of those who says he was abused. Children were punched in the face. They were caned until they bled on their backsides and tops of their legs. They were kicked. They were thrown through doors. You know, it's very, very hard when I meet up with the other old boys to listen to some of the stories uh, and, obviously, uh, my own abuse. 40s, 50s and 60s, gosh, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? And it's, it's a long period. How have the victims responded to this uh, latest investigation? Well, they see it as a very positive development and, and they, they welcome the fact that Bedfordshire Police have appointed someone senior to oversee the investigation. Later on, you'll be speaking to Gordon McIntosh, Ian, who is a spokesman for the former residents. He thinks the police may have some new evidence which has prompted the latest investigation and he hopes this will mean that at last some progress is being made by police. Um, back to David Cox now. He hopes it will be a thorough Investigation. All avenues have to be looked at. I think as much digging for ex-residents of the home have to be looked at. I think the Catholic Church most certainly has to come into the forum with the police and answer questions, you know, about their own culpability in this matter. Um, I think there's an awful lot that the police can do and should do and hopefully will do now. OK, so what has the church said in response to this? Honestly, not a great deal. Oh. The Diocese of Northampton says it deeply regrets any hurt cause, but it has stressed that the claims are not proven. Well, this, hopefully this investigation will verify one way or the other what, uh, what happened and uh, bring some form of peace to the people involved. Thank you, Catherine. 08459 455555.
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, a very good morning and so far checking on the M25 heading anti-clockwise starting to build up on the speed sensors now between junction 21 for the M1 and junction 20 at Kings Langley. So far checking on the M1, that's moving rather well, not seeing any major problems or delays and checking the departure boards across the three counties for the trains. Everything seems to be running to time so far this morning. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards beats uh. the three counties radio. Nicola! Yeah. Where were you? Do you remember where exactly you were when you heard the news that there was going to be another royal baby? Uh, I was in a meditation class and my phone went off. In a meditation class? I know. I left my phone on. Oh, you're one of those. (laughs) But now, by that, I mean you leave your phone on in meditation. Did did all the other meditators kind of um, give you evil vibes? Yeah, and tuts. I even got a tut. Couldn't believe it. You got a tut? Yeah. But then when you stood up and said, hang on, meditators, peace be with you, brothers and sisters, there's a new royal baby. I'm sure they they held you aloft and paraded you round like a king. And there was a round of applause. There we go, you see. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. In future, all applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are exceptional circumstances. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert. Although some delays are expected, EasyJet cancelled a total of 41 flights yesterday. And the latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against Scottish independence is tied at 41%. 18% said they were still undecided. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Victory for England in Switzerland in their opening qualifying match for Euro 2016. Really over the halfway line, you've got Welbeck to his right, Sterling to his left, onto Raheem Sterling, the cross in for Welbeck! But if he can feed in Welbeck, which he can, Welbeck one and one, Welbeck scores for England, 2-0. And here's the England manager, Roy Hodgson. I think the most important thing for me to take from tonight is that the players prove what I've been trying to say all along, that yes, the World Cup didn't go our way. Yes, you know, we were very, very disappointed, but we have been building up changing players, introducing new players. So it wasn't a question of suddenly hitting a brick wall and now we've got to do something totally different. It was really a question of maintaining faith, if you like, that we're, we're on the right track. Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Deli Alley helped England under-19s to a one-all draw in Germany, setting up the opening goal. Former Dons defender Brendan Galloway also started. And in Conference South last night, Boreham Wood beat Eastbourne 5-2. St Albans drew two-all at home to Bromley. In tennis, Marin Cilic of Croatia has won his first Grand Slam title at the US Open in New York. He beat Kai Nishikori of Japan in straight sets. The result means Andy Murray slips out of the world's top ten for the first time in six years. And it's stage three today of cycling's Tour of Britain from Newtown to Abergavenny in Wales. Yesterday, the Australian Mark Renshaw won stage two to claim the leader's yellow jersey. The tour is in Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire on Friday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. 
Across beds, hearts and bugs. Deary me. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Did she get shot at the end? It sounded like something vicious happened. Oh dear, Justin collects those. We'll have to speak. We'll speak to Justin in a little bit. Um, busy, busy day for dealies at the airport to see what's happening after yesterday's. Um, um, what would you call yesterday's um, um... Um, extravaganza? Yeah, Perf- a performance. It's the kindest way to what Lut- at Luton Airport. Oh, that's what I, I was you're talk- talking about. Justin talking about uh, his special powers. No, I was talking about Luton Airport, you plum. I wouldn't oh, call right. that a perform. Well, I would call that a- an emergency situation. That's that's more. Uh, uh, and well done to the, the authorities who, who got involved and sorted it all out. Sounds very exciting, very dramatic, and um, obviously they did the right thing. I wonder, on, uh, but uh, and thankfully it wasn't a bomb mm-hmm. or anything nasty like that. So they did a controlled explosion. It was fine. How does how does that? Um, I don't want to say mistake because that implies. A fault on the police. Oh, but it's the only word I can think of. How does that mistake happen? How does someone go, hmm, look at that. We well, be- should blow it up. Because we're not taking any chances at the moment. No, which is right. So, if in doubt... Some poor soap... Blow it up. Yeah, some poor soap has, uh, hasn't got any clean pants to wear, have well, they? Well, we're assuming that's what it is. It might yeah. have been something more malicious. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, well, good for them, for the way that they handle it. I'm sure people don't mind being... I certainly wouldn't mind being inconvenienced. I'd be tutting, of course I'd be tutting, but in yeah, the great you, scheme of things... And you kind of want information, even yeah. if there's nothing you can do about it, just to yeah. show that someone is thinking of you and trying to, yeah. you know, help you plan your day, your time. But in the great scheme of things, well done, those guys. Absolutely. Well done, those guys. Imagine, what, what um, in your uh, point in your life do you go... I want to be a bomb disposal expert. When, do you, when does that decision get made? I think you lead up to that. I don't think you go straight in at bomb disposal. Right. I think you might go in as soldier, army soldier. But these are police bomb... Do you get police bomb disposals? I don't really know. No, I think it's army. It's all army, is it? Yeah, you don't want to be messing around with that. You don't... <laughs> You literally don't want to be messing around no, no, with that. No, no, these are all like elite commando types. Well, good for them. Well done, uh, ladies and indeed gentlemen. What have you got in the papers, Kath? Well, I mean, it all pales into insignificance when you come to things like that, doesn't it, really? But uh, Kelly Brook <laughs> has done something interesting. Oh, she got her pants off again. No, it's interesting That's for the shame. wrong reasons. Oh. Um, and, yeah, it's more interesting than just showing a bit of uh, cleavage or a bit of leg, or both at the same bit time, of bum cleavage. as is her, her won't. Yes. Kelly Brook was accused of trivialising domestic violence yesterday. Oh after giving a TV interview in which she laughed and joked about hitting two of her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> the model, 34, giggled after being asked about anecdotes in her new autobiography. Wow, she's written a book. <laughs> Involving physical fights she had with former partners Danny Cipriani and Jason Statham. She told This Morning presenters Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby that she once hit Hollywood actor Statham in the face after catching him flirting with Gwyneth Paltrow. That's one of my pet hates. What, flirting with Gwyneth Paltrow? Well, yeah, I mean, she's a right one. But... Yeah. The, the slapping of men and yeah. the sort of normalisation of that kind of violence, I think, is completely out of order. I would never hit anyone, and I'd certainly never hit someone I was in a relationship with. But you see it all the time. as a sort of show of girl power, and I think yeah, that's just that. a show of someone losing their rag and losing the argument. It's no, awful. Hey, man, no one should hit anybody. If you're hitting somebody, then you're losing the argument. Man on woman, woman on man, but also grown up on child. Absolutely. If a big person hits a little person, unless you're having a fight with a dwarf over, you know, and they started it. Unless but, you're fighting for your life. Yeah, if a big person hits a little person, you have lost the argument. Even in Frozen, one of my very favourite films, yeah. there is a punch to the face 
that's supposed to be a victorious oh, yeah, moment, and I feel really yeah. uncomfortable about it. I yes, there is. There was isn't no need there? for that, was there? And I saw that, and they often do that in American films and American comedies. At the end, the bad guy or the comedy bad guy, uh, there's no other way of resolving it, so they get a boing to the face. Yeah, and I I I, I noticed that. Yes, well spotted you. I feel really uncomfortable about that. Yeah. He, de- he deserved it. Well, Whoa. he wasn't. He was a rapscallion, and yeah. no mistake. And that, is, well, by the way, if you've not seen Frozen, I'm not going to tell you who it is. You will not believe it. But still, send him to prison or, or send him adrift on an Push iceberg. him over. Yeah. Push him over. There's oh, so no that, need for that, that form of violence is okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. That's a bit, that's a bit more fun. We were talking about um, hot tubs. Oh, yeah. And how they're for perverts. Well, there is a programme on, on uh, ITV, independent television, tonight, 9pm, Hot Tub Britain. Right. What time's it on? 9pm. Yeah, there you go. The growing attraction of the hot tub is examined in this one-off film. In this country, it is seen as a desirable status symbol, as workers at one Blackpool family firm known (laughs) only too well. We meet Dennis Holmes... Oh, this is wrong. We meet Dennis Holmes, son Dan Holmes, and son-in-law Ross Philipson, who own the biggest hot tub superstore in Britain. It's a big advert for their bath shop, then, is it? Flipping it. I, I think it's just... It's a one-off and it's about the uh, the trend. Mm, not that much of a trend then. It's one bloke selling hot tubs I think saying, is, yeah, they're really popular. It is disgusting. I mean, it re- you really have to be some sort of deviant. You know, you? I think, you know, you sit in your own bath, steam in your own juices, that's fine. Everyone else is, no thanks. I don't really like being wet. Really? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Hey, is, speaking of getting wet, this is one for you. <laughs> Pill. Just carry on talking. Okay, pill. Pill that stops you getting in a sweat. Oh, I'm not a sweaty person. Oh, but I know people who are. Well, I know someone who had an, an operation. They can uh, go in through your armpit to stop your hands sweating. <laughs> true fact. True fact. If you've got toady hands, there is yeah. something that can be done. You can get Botox to stop you sweating. Mm. I used to have a really sweaty right armpit. What was wrong with the? What was wrong with your pit? I don't think anything was wrong with it. It was just sweaty. Was your left one diverting? For years, the prospect of socialising with her friends, days out with husband Robert, and even pottering round the uh, garden filled Betty Glenny with dread. It wasn't... Sorry? She's not... Go on. It wasn't that the 71-year-old retired saleswoman didn't want to go out. Her life was blighted by chronic, excessive sweating. They've given it a posh name, but I'm not going to... You don't want to be called Betty. Oh, I'm so... How was I so slow on the uptake? I do apologise. Sweaty Betty Glennie. My kids have got a doll called Sweaty Betty. (laughs) It's a weird Spanish doll, right? And it's got little holes in its hairline, so if you fill it with water, it will sweat. (laughs) It actually sweats. Yeah, Sweaty Betty. I'll bring you in tomorrow if you want. You can have a go. Go on, give us one more, then we'll have a song. Uh, I've got one more. Oh, then we'll have a song. Still f- 
played Lennon Nimoy. Well, I mean, he's a very popular artist. Yeah, not, he doesn't not, get enough radio play. You've got to dig out Bilbo Baggins. Well, right. I will on a day when we're talking more about um, Your mom? quests. Quests. <laughs> My mum don't. Is that her nickname, Bilbo? It is a bit, yeah. Does she know that? A bit. She's not very Why do you call her Bilbo Baggins? Well, she she's got... tiny. Oh. She's got a mop of hair. Is your mum tiny? Yeah. Because you're quite tall. Well, not... You know, I'm a pretend... You are. Your si- I met your sister at the weekend, who is delightful. She's quite short. Mm. She's weak. She's not that much... She's not that much smaller than me, really. Wow, you really were standing on tippy-toe. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Well, I tend to wear heels. Yeah. Very short legs. Yeah. Which is why the Bilbo Baggins thing. Yeah. Anyway, my mum is delightful and also brave like Bilbo. And not to has be she, messed with. Has she got a magic ring? Yeah. She's got a number of them. She's a very lucky lady. That is great news. Hey, listen, speaking of great news, we've not... Touched on the greatest news of of all time yet. <laughs> come on, please, please, come on, Catherine. This is the news is so good. The day I'm dead meat. <laughs> does your mum know you work in radio? Because mine hasn't got a clue. Uh, yeah, she does, but I, oh, she'll be on her way to work. My Sorry, mum thinks mom. I've got a proper job. Uh, the Daily Mail have even given us um, a pull-out section. Here we go again. How Kate coped last time and the lesson oh, she's learned. It's a picture she's special. Not, she's not even twelve weeks gone. How it all began with George. Last time wasn't easy. We know how it all began. There's not a diagram, is there? (laughs) Get Nicholas Witchell on. Well, I imagine... I mean, for heaven's sake, leave them to it. Uh, Give them a few months. Oh, the Sudoku's in the middle. I don't think that's meant to be in there. Excellent. Oh, I know. There's lots of pictures um, of her... There's lots of pictures of Kate, and then lots Last of pictures of the Last time she was pregnant. Baby. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing again if we're, if we're lucky. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Oh, look at this. It's very early days. And then three months after the birth, they've got a picture of her tummy. Excellent. So we can leave her alone now for the next nine months, right? We know what's going to happen. Oh, I'm so pleased for them. I'm so, so pleased for them. That's yeah. wonderful news. Well done, guys. We wish all of us here at BBC Three Counties Radio 
Wish you the very, very best of luck. Yeah, morning, Kate. I know you listen. Very, very best of luck. Well, she's up early. She's not very well, bless her. So um, we'll send Justin out to the streets in a little bit to... Gauge the mood. Get some of the enthusiasm from the public. 08459 455 555. Why don't you give us a call and celebrate? Have you got a story or should we do the trav? Go on then. Um, Dance shows inspire boys to take a leap into ballet. Oh, really? How do you feel if your lads decided they wanted to uh, try that out? I wouldn't mind. Ballet. My fact that the the eldest was playing the piano uh, two days ago and the youngest was doing some interpretational dance on nice. the floor. It was wonderful, yeah. Oh, nice. I think we should all express ourselves through the medium of movement yeah. at some time in our lives. At what point do we lose it? At what point do we get the, the uh, inhibitions that, that make us hold back a little bit? Because the youngest was literally throwing himself around with wild abandon, mm. dancing to the tuneless piano. Yeah. Well, I think it's normally, I mean, for me, it was when my colleague started pointing out that I danced like a mum. <laughs> I mean, I can bust some shapes, but the shapes I'm busting, it would appear, are rather matronly. I've started enjoying dancing more since I've become a dad, because now I don't care, and I do do dad dancing, and I don't care. I have a number of moves that I do crack out on special occasions. Oh, hello. I think I may have been the only bride um, to do the running man. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Because boys are doing ballet. Would you mind? Call me now. 0845 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to build up a bit now in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, uh, approach, approaching the Black Hat roundabout and those major roadworks that are continuing there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, building between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Very slow moving in Brickywood on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. And on camera, it's starting to build at the moment on the Barnet Bypass between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Having a look at the departure boards for the trains across the three counties, everything's running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 9th of September. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. And the latest opinion polls suggest that support for and against Scottish independence... Don't do the voice. ...is dated at 41%, Lonnie! Oh, he did the voice. 18% said they were undecided. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. One or two mist and fog patches this morning. Not quite as many as yesterday and it's a bright start again. We have got perhaps a little bit more in the way of cloud today, but it will thin a little break. We'll get some decent sunny spells and it's set to be another fine, dry and pleasant day. Afternoon temperatures likely to get up to around 20 Celsius. Overnight, it's a repeat performance. We've got some lengthy clear spells. The wind remains light. Again, a recipe for mist and fog. So we may get one or two patches of that tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature in the rural spots down to around 7, 8 Celsius, so fairly chilly there. Uh, but towns and cities, built-up areas likely to stay in double figures. Sun rises um, just around half six tomorrow morning, and when it does, it's going to be a similar start. Bit of mist and fog, but then another fine dry with day with some sunny spells. Temperatures getting up again into the low 20s, and that's your forecast. Thank you, Kate! 
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Pretty little market town in the middle of the Chiltern Hills. It's a beautiful little town. Yeah, really green and peaceful. Exploring where you live. You get smiles along the high street. Risborough people on the whole are very friendly. All this week, we're discovering Prince's Risborough. From where I live, you can... Look out and there's just green fields all the way down the bottom. Telling everyone about where you live. Walking, cycling, yeah, lots to offer. You keep finding new places and new views. Even just driving about, you get surprises. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's got a great sense of community and the spirit here is fantastic. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, departure board suggests delays to flights leaving Luton Airport this morning uh, following... Uh, oh, sorry, let me read that properly with the correct intonation so it makes sense. I do apologise, Justin. I'll re- let me read that properly. It's okay. OK, boss. No, no, it's OK. Departure boards suggest delays to flights leaving Luton Airport this morning following yesterday's security alert. There we go. The terminal was closed, uh, passengers evacuated, and more than 40 flights cancelled during the four hours it took the bomb squad to carry out a controlled explosion. Passengers were left standing at the bottom of the airport way, wondering what to do. Well, Justin, you've been at the airport this morning. Mm. What, what was the scene? Are things getting back to normal? Well, we saw those pictures yesterday, and obviously everyone, everyone wants to be safe, but um, I certainly would not want to be experiencing those sort of delays. Um, Horrendous delays yesterday. Yes, this morning, in things are getting back to normal at the airport. It's very busy this morning. A few delays to flights. They include the 6am flight to Amsterdam. That's now due to leave at 8.30. The 8am flight to Mallorca, now 9.20. The 8.20 to Warsaw, that's now 10.45. And uh, another flight to Mallorca, this time the 8.30 flight, now scheduled to leave at 10.40. As for the arrivals, uh, the first flight arrived back into Luton this morning at 11 minutes past six. The biggest delay on the departure board is the 7.35 from Warsaw. That's now scheduled to land at 10.15. Now, of course, all those people that that we saw yesterday on those pictures, it was uh, all over social media. They had to go somewhere. Some went home. Some stayed in hotels. Other people had to stay in the terminal overnight. Now, when I entered the airport this morning, I saw a number of people asleep on the floor. I spoke to Peter Shroud. Ian, Peter is 88 years old. He slept in the airport with his wife after his flight to Larnaca was cancelled yesterday, just 20 minutes before he was due to fly. He's been telling me what happened yesterday and his plans for today. We were stuck outside in the open for three hours and then we were brought back indoors and we were promised food and drink and nothing materialised for quite a long time. Then it did appear for the children first and then by the time we got there it had all gone. They didn't provide enough food. So what about the hotel? Why couldn't you get a hotel? It was not offered. We did queue up hoping to get some sort of offer and all they said, well you've got to queue up tomorrow morning and book in again which we've now got to do. There were no offers from Monarch at all. But the the, the thing is, there's no one responsible. There's no one here you can really get at. You speak to a guy behind a counter down there and he he doesn't know much at all. So when's your flight going back out? When can you get out of this airport? When can you get off this seat? Well, I'm going to go round there now and, and if next few minutes and try and book in for the flight leaving at nine o'clock this morning. And we're not going to get now to our hotel till later this evening. It's ruined the holiday. 
and we've lost a day. We've lost the first day of our holiday. Uh, it's, it's, it's really it's a too bad a start. That's disappointing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I did speak to um, a couple of, of young girls in their 20s. Um, they went to the Holiday Inn. You can't let an 88-year-old man and his wife sleep on the floor of an airport. No, you can't do it. You know, as I say, I've, I've spoken to, to many young people who stayed in the airport. They also stayed in, in hotel lobbies. But an 88-year-old man today yeah. um, with his wife, sadly, they were stuck in the airport overnight. And we just wish them well. We hope they can get on that 9 o'clock flight this morning. If not, they could be in the airport for another day in. Justin, stay there. I want to go to another guest and I want to come back and have a quick chat with you about something else. Uh, thank you, Justin. Uh, listening to that is aviation security expert Chris Yates. Morning, Chris. Morning. How did how do we think that the police and the airport responded yesterday? Well, the police and the airport, of course, responded uh, in the, the right sort of fashion. At the end of the day, you have to make sure that all passengers are safe whenever an incident like this happens. And therefore, the standard procedure is that you evacuate the building, um, you put a perimeter around the, the, the terminal building in this instance uh, to keep uh, passengers away in case anything does uh, go awry, and uh, then you deal with the situation as it, uh, as it unfolds. Bedfordshire police say the uh, controlled explosion was carried out on an item which was, quote, deemed suspicious but did not present a wider danger. What does that mean? That's a jolly good question. Uh, and I suppose that's uh, a question directly for Bedfordshire Police. Um, you know, there's been no indication overnight that uh, this suspicious package was in fact dangerous. Uh, so therefore we have to uh, imagine that perhaps it was suspicious in the general scheme of things, but uh, that's that's about all. It wasn't dangerous at all. Well, it, it, it went, it's been blown up. It was. It's been destroyed. Does that mean it's been blown up properly? Uh, yes, it does. does would, there, would there be any chance of finding out what was actually in it? Yeah, well, there's a possibility. Uh, you know, if we're talking about uh, uh, forensic analysis, then you can take it right down to microscopic uh, levels, to, to, to chemical levels, effectively, uh, to determine what precisely might well have been in the package. And I suppose that might be, uh, the, the the results of that might be revealed over time. How do, sorry, I'm going to ask you, well, it's probably a really stupid question. How do they do a controlled explosion? Do, is it put in like a sort of box or something? How do they do it? And generally speaking, uh, and if it's safe uh, to actually move right. uh, an item from its physical location into, for example, a blast-proof container, right. uh, then uh, the explosion will be carried out within that blast-proof container. Uh, so all of the blast uh, is, absorbed is, being, in that... is being absorbed. And the, 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 do you think we're going to see more of this sort of thing, these, these things happening, Chris, with the, the, the heightened security alert? Well, yes, it's entirely possible, of course. Um, and, you know, the, the, the problem here is that uh, anything that's left unattended in the vicinity of an airport 
um, can be deemed to be suspicious, and therefore you will get the bomb disposal teams heading out, you will get the police heading out, and you will get terminal closures uh, such as this. Um, and it's incumbent, upon, I think, upon all of us as passengers uh, that if we are moving away from the baggage that we're carrying, for example, that we take that baggage with us. We don't just leave it to nip off to the loo, for example, um, because somebody will spot that. They will determine that it's uh, unsafe and uh, the potential is uh, that it will be taken away and blown up. Finally, Chris, uh, we were just about this earlier on. The bomb squad, would they be police or would they be the army? Uh, no, it's the army okay. uh, that is uh, the bomb squad. They're specially trained uh, to deal with any such uh, incident and usually on scene fairly quickly indeed. Chris, I appreciate your time and thank you for answering my, some of my schoolboy questions. It's something I know nothing about and... Uh, it's intriguing. Thank you, Chris Yates, aviation security expert. All right, Catherine, you were right. They were military. Yeah. Is that it? I was right again. Oh, oh Justin. A fantastic guest he was. He was good, wasn't get he? Get back on. It was, yeah, well, we could get him on as a daily guest. Yeah. I, I do enjoy those things where I'm, I'm allowed to ask really what may be perceived by them as stupid questions, like mm. schoolboy questions, because mm. I know nothing about how the bomb squad works. It was kind of a guess that they put the bo- what they think is the bomb yeah. in like a sort of blast-proof box. Incredible. Yeah, I base a lot of my knowledge on Monsters, Inc. when they isolate the stock. <laughs> is that what they do? <laughs> yeah. Now, Justin. Yeah. I know you're excited. Uh, Oh, what you a sent me that wonderful text. The uh, the front page of the Sun, the Bun, and they've actually got an arrow pointing to Kate's stomach. Oh, she's beautiful, isn't she? Sorry, she's beautiful. She's she's glowing. Oh. She's radiant. Stunning woman. Uh, she's sick uh, as a dog. <laughs> yeah, she's puking <laughs> up right now. <laughs> Justin, you're excited. There's another yeah. royal baby on the way. We've got another seven months of this. Fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. Do you want to take it to the street? I will. Do you know what? I've been to the airport this morning. A yeah. few sad faces up there, but on the streets this morning, people are, well, they just seem a lot happier. People are smiling, and I think it's all to do with Royal Baby Number 2. People love this stuff, Ian. It's wonderful. It's very rarely we get to send you out with some good news, Justin, yes, but yes. today's the day, mate. I'm taking it to go, the streets. Go and record those smiles, and let's broadcast a few <laughs> beams, shall we? Oh, yes. I'll report back after 7.30. Speak to you later on, Justin. Take care. We're going to have fun today, Catherine. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a good news day. There's another Royal Baby on the way. Sing Hosanna's. Yes, the rest of the world may be falling to bits. Hey, let's let's. But there's a rich baby about to be born. Oh come on, mate! I'm not allowing that. That that is a yellow card. Why? Let's 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 the Ukraine. All of these terrible, terrible things out in the world. Can we just forget about them for one day? Just enjoy the fact that for there one is... day or for the next nine months, mate. Whatever it takes. Okay, there is a new royal baby on the way, and I am certainly not going to be beaten down about it. Sing hosannas! Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M25, heading anti-clockwise. It's very slow moving at the moment on the speed sensors. Between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Also anti-clockwise on the M25, rather heavy between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. Very slow on the North Orbitorio, just at Junction 21A for the M25. And checking on public transport, everything's running well on the trains. Not seeing any problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola who disturbed a meditation class by having her phone turned on. No, 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 we won't have that. 
Want to celebrate the royal baby? Of course you do. Give us a call. Let's uh, chink glasses, shall we, to say happy birthday. And vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, fresh police checks for Milton Keynes taxi drivers, Luton Airport getting back to normal after security alert and victory for England in Switzerland. BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. In future, all applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are exceptional circumstances. Paul Scoynes was at last night's council meeting. The new guidelines will force council officers to consult the police in future applications. Two extra enforcement officers are to be employed to cope with the extra workload. Licensing applications will take longer, allowing more time to consult law enforcement agencies and to interview drivers. The leader of the council, Peter Marlin, said the council had made an inexplicable decision and the councillors responsible for granting the offender a licence in 2012 and 2011 should examine their consciences. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. EasyJet cancelled a total of 41 flights yesterday. A controlled explosion was carried out, but Bedfordshire Police say a suspect package did not present a wider danger. More from Jane Killick. Police were called to the departure terminal of Luton Airport at half past one yesterday lunchtime. An item passing through security caused concern and the bomb squad were called. People were evacuated from the building as experts carried out checks. A controlled explosion was carried out at a quarter past five. Bedfordshire police say no one was arrested. A timetable setting out how Scotland would receive more powers if voters reject independence in next week's referendum is expected to be endorsed by the three main pro-union parties later today. The latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against independence is tied at 41%. 18% said they were undecided. A 63-year-old man from Aylesbury has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a man was stabbed in the neck in a shop yesterday afternoon. The man in his mid-twenties was attacked in Babs Food and Wine store in Buckingham Road at 2.25. He was taken to Stoke Mandeville Hospital in a serious condition. Former residents of a Catholic orphanage in Bedfordshire have welcomed a decision to carry out a new review into claims of physical and sexual abuse. The investigation into St Francis Boys' Home in Shefford in the 1940s, 50s and 60s will be led by a senior police officer. David Cox lived at the home and says he was a victim of abuse. All avenues have to be looked at. I think as much digging for ex-residents of the home have to be looked at. I think the Catholic Church most certainly has to come into the forum with the police and answer questions. In sport, two goals from Danny Welbeck gave England a 2-0 win in Switzerland in their opening qualifying match for Euro 2016. Here's manager Roy Hodgson. We're on the right track, we're getting the right players. These young players coming through will be good players without a shadow of a doubt. And so it was so important tonight to get off to a good start against, you know, the team in the group, obviously, which people would be thinking are our biggest rival. The weather, another dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a beautiful little town. Yeah, really green and peaceful. All this week, we're discovering Prince's Risborough. Filled with lovely people who have got a great sense of community. Exploring where you live. And there are some nice walks in the area. White leaf up the top is very nice. Walking, cycling, yeah, lots to offer. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. I must check with Justin, that woman isn't being shot at the end. That sounds horrific. Listen to this again. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. That really sounds... That sounds like someone didn't want her to talk. That's quite menacing, isn't it? Well, I've, well, I, OK, let's maybe hold off on that one. I'm going to highlight the one green, so we know maybe to hold off until... Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sing Hosanna's A New Royal Baby is on the way. Is there, Catherine, is there something wrong with the phones? Because I really thought they would be ablaze with well-wishers. We ain't had one call. I think they're too busy putting up the bunting. Yeah, that'll be all recovering from their hangovers. Oh, you guys. The shampers came out last night. Did it? You little sausages. Give us a call to celebrate the announcement of a new royal baby. How happy are you? Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to see the cute little so-and-so. Other news you might like to know about. Taxi rules are tightened. Abuse allegations reviewed. And anything else you fancy talking about. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You can email as well. Ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Ron and Ethel in Watford. Ian, I was a baby once. Thank you, Ron. Was Ethel. Well, he goes on to say, my wife Ethel has just started knitting a cardigan for the baby. Ah. Oh, so that what colour? Is... What colour are you going to go for, so, Ethel? So that is sweet. Yeah. Oh, and look, you've sent me a picture of you as a baby as well, Catherine. Yeah, I know. What a lovely little dolly you've got there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Come on, guys. So rarely we get some good news that we can all set. There can't be anybody this morning who is groaning or moaning or annoyed that there's a, a wonderful, beautiful little baby's going to be born. Another beautiful, chubby-cheeked mouth to feed. Beautiful. Wonderful. They can afford it. They can afford it. Good for them. I hope it's a girl. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, one of each. Yeah, princess. Yeah. Because my youngest would probably be just the right age. Well, they say good-looking... Oh. Hmm? They say good-looking parents pass on the gene only to the girls. You're saying that George is ugly? No, I'm saying he's well cute, but imagine the stunner they'll have if he's yeah, a girl. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, fantastic. 08459 455 555. Now, more than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks after it emerged a serial rapist had been granted a taxi licence. The resulting row led to the resignation of the mayor of Milton Keynes, Subhan Shafiq, who admits vouching for the driver, but he says he's been made a scapegoat for a flawed system. Well, I I wish he'd come and say that to us. We've been trying to get him on the show for uh, uh, over a week now. Mr Shafiq, 08459 455 555. At a meeting last night, the council ruled that all future applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are quotes exceptional circumstances. 
If anybody could explain what those exceptional circumstances might be, please do let me know. Joined now by Rosemary Smith, who chairs Fenny Stratford's Residents Association. Good morning to you, Rosemary. Morning, Ian. We spoke to you yesterday. You were hoping to speak at last night's meeting. Did you get the chance? I did. Fantastic. What did you, what did you say in the end? Well, basically, I just called for... I asked the um, leader of the council, Peter Marland, if he thought that the, did the cabinet approve or of the um, situation at that meeting of the taxi driver and why aren't they calling for the resignation of these councillors? Um, now, I understand that they can't because it's democracy, etc., etc. Legislation doesn't allow them to do that. But I did point a question at Carol Mills um, saying that she had sent me an email saying she couldn't tell them to do it, but she could advise them to step down and I said, well, then please do that. Please advise them to step down. And in fact, I got a round of applause. The the, the pressure certainly is, is the three gentlemen, of course, former Mayor Subban Shafiq mm. uh, and the other two councillors who, who were chair and vice chair of the licensing committee. They've stepped down from that, but they are still councillors. Uh, Gladstone McKenzie and Stuart Burke. Again, if yep. any of those gentlemen want to come on the show, uh, we've asked them to and put forward their case. They would be more than welcome. It, 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 the pressure seems to be growing on them, doesn't it? It certainly is. And in fact, last night, the leader of the council actually, I mean, he he explained the democratic process, which I I understand. But he also said that one of these people, I think it was the person that recommended the taxi driver, um, hasn't even apologised. And obviously an apology is not good enough as far as I'm concerned and as far as the public are concerned. And he did also state that he doesn't think this is going to go away. The councillors to one side, what about the rest of the meeting, Rosemary? Were you happy with what was discussed and the changes that were being made? Um, Well, I didn't stay for the whole of the meeting because obviously it would go on till about goodness knows whatever time, but... Um, I, I agree with you. What are these exceptional circumstances? It's an odd little caveat, isn't yes. it? Let me just read it again. <laughs> the council ruled all future applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are, quotes, exceptional circumstances. Well, how it seems can a, there be? It seems a very odd twist, doesn't it, yes. to put that in? Yeah, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't say that. You know, you ha- in my opinion, you have to just say if you've got those convictions however many years ago they were you will not get a taxi license and I think the only one thing that was brought to me by one of the residents yesterday during the day an elderly lady who takes taxis quite regularly um, she she's quite concerned about the fact that a an awful lot of them don't seem to know where they're going and b an awful lot of them don't speak English and that's another thing that I think the council need to address, that if they're going to do this, they should perhaps do a thing like they do in London, the knowledge. You should have to do that in any town if you're going to be a taxi driver. Yeah, I, I, I think there's something in that. I, I have had taxi drivers where I've got in mm. and they said, right, what's the best route? I don't know, yeah. I don't know the route. Exactly. Ah, how do we get there? I don't know, mate. I'm not a taxi driver. I've never yeah, been there before. Exactly. That's exactly right, Ian, because... You know, if you're in London, you can't... It takes months and months and months to get a hackney licence in London. Mm. You have to... I mean, my um, husband's brother-in-law is a cab driver in London, and he had to go around on a moped. Saying that, Rosemary, do you know, I've seen black cab drivers that use sat-navs these days. 
Well, yes, I suppose that's sort of okay because I suppose, you know, life is changing, isn't it? So we have to accept that. But I still think they should know where they're going. I mean, sat-navs can take you up all sorts of routes that yes. really, you you know, they're not, if they're not oh. updated, etc. Et Tell me about so, it. My, my yeah. sat-nav is sat still going off on a slight tangent, but never mind. My, no, <laughs> my, my sat-nav's 10 years old and oh. because of it, because I was using it yesterday in central London, oh, it took me all over the shop. I missed yeah, the meeting done, I was going yeah. to. Rosemary, listen, it's really good to talk to you. Thank you very much. I'm really glad you got to speak at the meeting last night and, and, and we'll possibly speak to you again in the future as, as uh, these changes are introduced. Uh, th- th- two points that Rosemary made there on the slight kind of side note. Yes, cab drivers should know where they're going. And, I, and I've had that so many times. What's the best route? I don't know. I've never been... How, how should we get there? I don't know, mate. I've never been there before. You're the cab driver. That's kind of why I'm paying you to yeah. take the stress out of it for me. And then I've also been in cabs where I do know the route. And they've started to take a ridiculous route. And I said, you should, no, well, you should have gone left there! And then you're, you're, you're miles away. The speaking English thing. As long as they can understand, I want to go to, and how much is that, I think that's all you need, isn't it, from a cab driver? I would guess. I mean, I don't pay them to do it for banter. Oh, I, if, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like talking to a cab driver. I hate it when they're, all right, mate. How's the day? None of your business. Just drive, please. I'm not, I don't want to have a convo. Although, actually, as a <clears> woman, <throat> if I was getting into a cab at night, mm. something, you know, if they just spoke every now and again, that'd be all right. I mean, sometimes the really? silence could be quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, you're in a, in okay. a strange man's car. So you're a woman getting into a cab at half past uh, 12 at night and the gentleman doesn't speak English. Does that make you feel more uncomfortable? Well, if he doesn't speak English, <clears> that's <throat> one thing. If he just doesn't talk to me at all, you know, the locks go on, it's deathly quiet. Can we put that out there, the, the, the English-speaking thing for a taxi yeah. driver? Because I've always been one of those people, oh, it doesn't matter as long as they're good at the job, <clears throat> until I've, I've been to a doctor about my boy... And we could not understand what the doctor was saying. You know, we, and he was, he was Indian. Uh, he had a very strong accent. And we could not understand what he was saying. And we kept going, kept going, sorry, what? And we got there in the end. But I kind of think if that had been my mum or someone who was a bit, a bit harder of hearing than me, what would they have got out of that experience? But that's a kind of, that's a life or death potentially situation, yep. isn't yep. it? Getting in the back of a cab, hopefully not quite. But, you know, if things go wrong, you do need to be able to resolve it with them. It's just you and them. You can we put the, understand each other. We yeah. can put that out there, can't we? Yes. Well, d- d- do does, a, does a taxi driver need to be able to speak English? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You're right. The, the only reason I mentioned the doctor, where I think it is more important, is because that was that shifted my attitude. Whereas I thought before, when my mum had complained about carers that didn't understanding or didn't speak English particularly clearly, I mm-hmm. thought she was kind of being, you know, a slightly old-fashioned racist. But actually, now it's happened to me, I can totally empathise with her well, point, I can totally see it, of And course. you will have been in the situation where you think, do I pull him up again? It's a bit embarrassing, but yeah. I really don't understand what he's explaining to me, and you need yeah. to know, you yeah. need to know what's going on. Do taxi drivers need to be able to speak English? 08459 455 555. Are there some professions where, yes, they do, and some where actually it doesn't really matter? It's not really a problem. I was going to say, I've also been in a situation where I've been speaking a foreign language and if someone doesn't understand me, I'd rather they said rather than going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When was, what? Well, when I used to live in Spain, for example. You were speaking Spanish? Yeah. But, but so you, you speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak Spanish, but sometimes maybe I didn't express myself as clearly as I might have. Were you a taxi driver in Spain? I wasn't a taxi driver. A doctor? Mm, no, but I was a, supposed to be, well, I was supposed to be studying, but... Oh. We all know that didn't happen. Yeah, that never happened. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M1 heading southbound looking rather busy moving at the moment between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. In Kensworth the A5 is looking quite slow moving between Lynch Hill and Old Watling Street and taking a look in Redbourne it's queuing at the moment on Redbourne Lane just before Harpenden Lane and the M25 is looking very slow at the moment between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley and in Brickywood rather slow moving on the North Alter Road just at Junction 21A for the M25. So far on the trains, everything's running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 7.16. It is Tuesday, the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon security alert, although some delays are expected. And the latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against Scottish independence is tied at 41%, my wee laddie! Stop that! Why? I'm adding colour to the to an otherwise quite dull story. Right, adding insult to injuries while oh, you're adding. blimey. BBC Three Counties Radio. Give us a shout. Three County Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Seals a famous victory here! What drama we've had! It's about the managers. I'll make the most of your openings, and we, we perhaps haven't done that, and, and haven't done it so far this season, if I'm honest. I'm honest. The players. We know we need to be better. We're not being complacent. We'll find a solution that will get us playing how we was last season, how the fans expect us to be playing. And the fans. I'm getting seriously concerned we could end up back where we started. Every day, we bring you latest news on your local team. Wickham Wanderers remain fifth in League Two after a nil-nil draw with Berry. Stevenage lost 3-2 at home against York. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Bedfordshire Police will review their investigation into claims of organisational sexual abuse at a Catholic orphanage in, orphanage in Shefford. The force says it has always taken the claim surrounding St Francis Boys' home in the 40s, 50s and 60s seriously, but they now want to provide all of the victims involved with an outcome. A senior investigator has been brought in to oversee the operation, which involves a large number of victims. It's hoped that many more may find the courage to come forward. Joined now by Gordon McIntosh, who is a spokesperson for ex-residents. Morning, Gordon. Morning. Uh, you've also been talking to police about your time at St Francis. When were you there? I was there from 1959 to 66. And, and obviously, without going into too much graphic detail, because it's a ridiculously early time in the morning, what, what, what kind of uh, things were going on there? Um, mostly it was all physical abuse, um... I mean, I, I, I endured uh, and went through uh, lots of physical abuse and brutality by the priests and the nuns. Um, but there was sexual abuse going on. Um, and one of the main culprits was with the priest actually in charge. When did you first speak up about this, Gordon? Well, it first came to light back in the 1990s. Um, people started, you know, coming forward, making complaints. Um, but two years ago when, I mean, I've, since I'd left there, I've always wondered what happened to the lads that I grew up with. And the last five, six years, I've been going out of my way to try and find these lads. And April of last year, we all got together 
and I was hearing all these different stories and we decided, you know, it was about time that we did something again, you know, to try and bring it to the limelight to make people aware of our story. Did you know at the time, Gordon, that, that, that physical and sexual abuse was happening to your classmates and other people there? Not at the time. We were kids. We didn't realise what was going on. What, and was there, um, this may be slightly the wrong phrase, was there a sense of relief when you all got together and th- this common theme started to come out? Yeah, because, I mean, all, all, all our lives, you know, we've lived with what we went through, with the memories of what we went through. And a lot of guys, they can't, they can't talk about it. But we found that when we got together and we started telling each other and ex- you know, our different stories, you know, where we used to look back as individually and we used to look back at it and it was with horror. You know, you found it a lot easier to talk to the guys that actually went through the same thing as what you did. It's been investigated before, hasn't it? And um, yeah. Well, nothing came of it. Why do you think that was, and, and what different? What's different about this investigation? Well, this is the fourth investigation, and the first two investigations, the police actually arrested the priest, one of the priests. They actually arrested him, but he was never charged. Then the police lost the paperwork. They lost all all the files. I mean, one one lad actually died at home. I mean, it wasn't from abuse, but it was through negligence by the staff. But the paperwork for that case actually disappeared as well. And it, it just seemed like nothing, you know, even though they had arrested one person twice, nothing went further. And I think now, now that we've got a dedicated team the senior investigator, I think things are going to progress and the truth is actually actually going to come out and our story is going to be told. Why, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. That I, uh, why is it so important for your story to be told, Gordon? Because I, the guys need closure. I mean, we've got one lad out in Australia. You know, it's, 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 his life has been affected so much by it. That you know, he's lost his social standing. He's lost his wife. He's lost his family. He's lost his position in the church because he confessed—not confessed—he told what went on there and how it's affected him and how it's turned his life around. You know, it's turned his life around for the worse because he's lived with it and he's suffered mentally because of it. A lot of these guys—they came out of that home. Uh, not just with physical scars but, scars, but with mental scars. And it's affected their way of life. And has it and affected your way of life, Gordon? In certain ways, yes. There's, there are certain things I can't do. I mean, I, uh, I'm not a religious person, but I, I do have religion. Um, I'm not a devout Catholic. I don't go to church every Sunday like we're supposed to. I cannot go into a church and sit there and, and look at a priest in a pulpit giving a sermon because the effect that that priest at the time, you know, he, he would scare us. It, it, it was scary. It was frightening. It was horrific. And I can't go into a church now and look at a priest in a pulpit because it brings back flashbacks of this priest. 
Gordon, one question that some of our listeners, I know some of our listeners will be thinking this because when we've discussed um, sexual abuse that happened decades ago, this, this theme often comes up. Why didn't you do anything at the time? And why, why can't you just let it not lie now? Now, I know the answers to this, but I'd like to hear your answer just to, to put some of those minds at rest. Well, let, let, me, let me just answer one question first. Why didn't we do anything about it then? We used to have guys that used to run away from the place to get away. And they would report it to the police. When the police found these kids on the street, you know, running away, the boys would actually tell the police what was going on and the police would actually bring them straight back. Instead of investigating, they would bring them straight back. How terrifying. Uh, well, I mean, one lad actually ran away from the home, went to a neighbour in the town, told the neighbour what was going on. The neighbour got the boy, locked him in his room, went down to his shed, got his bike out, got a piece of rope, got the boy, tied the boy to the rope, tied the rope to the bike, and rode the bike with the boy running behind back to the home. Nobody was listening. Nobody would listen. Nobody would do anything. I mean, one of our lads has actually written a, a book about his life at the home. His name's Tony Walsh. I mean, the first, the first day of his life at the home takes up 12 pages of this book. And, and just on to the other question, Gordon, wh- why can't you let it lie? Why can't you, 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 you let the past be? We've, we've been told by... Um, because there, there, there is still another member of staff. He wasn't actually a member of the staff at the home. Um, but he claimed, he, he's, he, he's told people that our, our stories are frivolous. And that makes my blood boil. We, we went through a horrific time. Um, I'd never known violence. When I first went there, I never knew violence. I'd never been hit. And, you know, for him to turn around and say that our stories are frivolous... That makes my blood boil. Gordon, I really appreciate uh, you sharing your stories and your your honesty this morning. If there are people listening who um, uh, perhaps went to St Francis Boys' home but haven't contacted you or spoken to anyone about this, and this is kind of you know, touched a, a nerve, how do they get in touch? Is there, is there a, a website or, or an email or something they can use? Um, well, there, there is, but I'm, I'm not sure how... It, it, it's... Uh, it's a special website, but if they call Crime Stoppers, okay. Um, I mean, it was on television last night. If they contact Crime Stoppers and also the Bedfordshire Police, okay, that's the way to do it, is it? Yeah, Gordon. Um, but we, we do need them. We do need them to make contact. Of you do, yeah. And you know, like like you've you've said already, we we need to get closure on this story. Our guys need to put their minds at rest. We need to get our story told. The truth has to come out. I, I really hope you, you get what you're looking for, Gordon. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gosh, aren't we lucky, huh? Anyone else got um, got tingles? Tingles is the wrong word. That that makes it sound slightly frivolous. I've got something. I've got shivers. Shivers is the word. Gordon just asked how he did. 
Really? I just hope someone out there who's been carrying this around might feel a bit more able to speak up. Oh, that makes me want to cry. What, what, uh, what a story. I know. OK, thank you, Gordon. You did excellently, by the way. You did excellently. You couldn't have done any better. Oh, wait, 459 555 Let's move on, shall we? We're talking about taxi drivers. Stephen's in High Wycombe. Morning, Stephen. Yes, good morning, Emily. Long time no here. Um, I don't know if you remember... Polish me. Stephen! Yay! Hey. I used to work in LBC and I... Are you still a big fan of uh, the rock group Kiss? Yes, I am. Yeah. I met them in 2008. Yeah, we go, you see. That's my man. <laughs> Stephen, what have you got uh, for us? Uh, well, I heard you talking about <clears throat> taxi drivers uh, in London or generally in, in England, you know, knowing English, and I think it's, it is very important. Uh, for, I, I mean, myself, I'm Polish, so <clears throat> uh, when I started uh, working uh, in this trade, I was completely a rookie, you know. Of course, I was using satnav and everything, but I really believe that... Uh, Knowledge of English language is is very important. You, you, you have to communicate with with passengers. So you're you're, you're, a, you're a cab driver. I used to be. I, I quit. Be. I don't work anymore. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, you 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 learned. If I do I remember correctly, you learned English really quickly, didn't you? Well, I I used to live in Sweden a little bit, and uh, so when I came to UK, I already my vocabulary right. was quite uh, quite big. You know, so it wasn't a problem for me. And why <laughs> why is being able to speak English beyond just simple "I want to go" and "How much"? Why do you think that's important for a cab driver? Well, uh, you know, Ian, how it is. You know, life happens. Uh, sometimes you know, flat can get uh, can can get broken. Sometimes you can get a flat tire. You know, you're passengers can get sick you have to you have to know uh how to use uh, uh first aid for example you have to know hang uh, on a minute person. when has a cab driver ever had to do first aid on someone well you know it, it, it can happen you know if there's an accident and you have to Blimey. do it you have to, but you know but anyway uh but you know the way to communicate with with, uh, with others is very important because uh, you have to look uh, if you lost or something, because those things that happen, yeah. you, you have to be able to go somewhere and, and talk with someone. If you don't know, cannot communicate with the language. And it's not just, you know, uh, picking up passengers from point A to point point B. Uh, and of course, sometimes you have passengers that you, they want to chat with you, you know, oh. they just share the stories, and some people, they don't want to, it's fine. But I think it's important. Plus, another thing, I, I was, I was appalled about what you said about this guy getting a license and having a criminal record on it, yeah. uh, because of the, you know, some sexual thing with, with, with whatever. It's outrageous. He, he, he shouldn't go through the system. When I came from, from Poland, I had to go to the um, Polish Ministry of whatever, you know, get a special paper that I didn't have, didn't, didn't have any convictions or anything. When I came to UK... So very quickly, Steve, just because we're running out of time, so you, you had to prove when you got your British taxi licence, you had to prove that you hadn't committed crimes abroad, is that right? I had to, I had to write a special document. That was a requirement. They told me, oh. they told all of us. Listen, that's what you have to have. I mean, it was free in Poland. You know, I just went, yeah. uh, and I after a few couple of weeks, I got the paper. Yes, you okay. know, you have no conviction. Stephen, I've got to end it there because we're out of time. Lovely to talk to you. I've not spoken to Stephen for years. Thank you very much. Good to hear you're, you're alive and well. Seven thirty. Let's get the travel news with Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1, just at the Toddington services, the service area there is closed at the moment because of a burst water main. Uh, that's between junctions 11 and 12. The M1 heading southbound is busy between junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and junction 9 for Redbourne. And then Kinsworth, the A5 at the moment looking quite busy heading southbound between Lynch Hill and Old Watling Streets. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving at the moment on the sensors between junction 21 for the M1 and junction 20 at Kings Langley. Also rather heavy anti-clockwise between junction 17 at Maple Cross and junction 16 at the M40. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. In future, all applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are what has been termed exceptional circumstances. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. A controlled explosion was carried out but Bedfordshire police say no one was arrested. And the latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against Scottish independence is tied at 41%. 18% said they were undecided. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two goals from Danny Welbeck gave England a 2-0 win in Switzerland in their opening qualifying match for Euro 2016. We don't get to see all, all the stuff that's said beforehand and... Um, we know of our team, the way we've worked, the way we've set up in training and a lot of positives tonight because it paid off and um, so it's good for us. We just we just concentrate on our stuff and whoever wants to speak about it, they can concentrate on their stuff but um, we've just got to focus on ourselves and make sure it's right come the game. And here's the England manager, Roy Hodgson. I think the most important thing for me to take from tonight is that the players prove what I've been trying to say all along, that yes, the World Cup didn't go our way. Yes, you know, we were very, very disappointed, but we have been building up changing players, introducing new players. So it wasn't a question of suddenly hitting a brick wall and now we've got to do something totally different. It was really a question of maintaining faith, if you like, that we're, we're on the right track. Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Deli Alley helped England under-19s to a one-all draw in Germany, setting up the opening goal. Former Dons defender Brendan Galloway also started. And in Conference South last night, Boreham Wood beat Eastbourne 5-2. St Albans drew two all at home to Bromley. In tennis, Marin Cilic of Croatia has won his first Grand Slam title at the US Open in New York. He beat Kai Nishikori of Japan in straight sets. The result means Andy Murray slips out of the world's top ten for the first time in six years. And it's stage three today of cycling's tour of Britain from Newtown to Abergavenny in Wales. Yesterday, the Australian Mark Renshaw won stage two to claim the leader's yellow jersey. The tour is in Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire on Friday. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't get this tweet from Rogue underscore Leader. What's that? Ian Lee humorlessly sucking up to every authority figure he can cram in on at BBC 3CR. I wonder why he isn't on telly anymore. Well, I was on telly on Saturday. I'll be on telly on Friday. So thanks very Which much. Which authority indeed. figure are we referring to? Me. I, well, Quite I d- right, you're sucking up. Is is Rogue underscore Leader upset that I am celebrating the fact humorlessly? 
that there's going to be a wonderful new royal baby born. What? what? I'm celebrating the fact that... I'm assuming that's who you're referring to, rogue underscore leader. That there's going to be a new wonderful baby born. Why is that... What is, I'm not, that's not sucking up. That's what, that's celebrating a new life. I mean, he has bought a card. Yes, now, all right, now, the card, yes, I have. What a nice thing. No one else will have thought of that. No, not yet. No one else will have thought of it. Some ginger biscuits to help with the nausea. Yeah. That's, always helped me. Exactly. And as, as you know, we, we always eat food that gets sent to us by listeners, and so I'm sure, sure she will. Of course she so will. So, Rogan Scully, if it's the fact that I'm celebrating a new birth... Uh, humorlessly sucking up. Yes, there is no humour in it because it's a very serious subject. Rude. We're going to be speaking to Justin Dealey about the word on the street when it comes to the Royal Bay. Yeah, exactly. And then, Rogue Leader, you'll see... Rogue underscore leader. Yeah. And, ...and sucking up. Yeah. You then, were, you're, then you're cop for a taste. I hope your 586 followers are happy. They're livid. Dennis is in Dunstable. Good morning to you, Good Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Good, Good morning. Great news. See, happy birthday. Yes, happy... I'll tell you what... This baby. Happy I'm Conception Day, I should be saying. Wah, wah, wah. Now, listen. Yes. Very carefully. Okay. He's going to be a new royal baby. Why don't they make him the Prince of Scotland? Well, because it might be a woman. I don't. Well, all right. The Princess of Scotland, that's even yeah. better. Yeah, they won't mess about with her then. Yeah. That'll put what? a draft, draft right up their kilt. Who, the, the Scotch? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm bored of them. Let them go. Bye. I'm with Bye, you. Scotch. I'm with you, Leon. Yeah. I'm with you. Let him go. Let, let him go. Let him go. We, we don't need the Scotch no more. Especially wild salmon. Sorry? Especially importing wild salmon from Scotland. Please I like the Scots. I think they're quite fun. Yeah, well, but if they don't wear that stupid kilt... I like a kilt. Do you? Yeah. Bit drafty, though, isn't it? Have you never felt the freedom of a kilt? No. Well, don't knock it till you've tried it, Dennis. Well, it's... I could run around with that in the underwear. It doesn't make a lot of difference. <laughs> I think it will in the eyes of the law. Oh, well, I wouldn't no, check that. No, 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 no. You can get away with lots of things if you, if you read the rules and regulations. Oh, OK. What about, you know, the regulation for taxi drivers oh, in London? a segue. No, they can. No, no, they still have it in in law. You can step off your cab Here we go. and urinate against the rear offside wheel, having tied the horse to the centre of the road. Ah. And make sure you've got a bale of hay in the back. Okay. I'm going to cut you off now, Dennis. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dennis. I do. I do wonder if we should send a doctor around. Nah, he's all right. He's oh. happy enough. Okay. We've got loads of texts on this. Oh, okay. Well, there, there's loads of texts. Not many phone calls, guys. Come on. Oh, no. 08459 Pat says, those councillors who vouched for the offending taxi driver surely should have declared an interest and as such should now be reported to the Standards Committee that deals with those councillors on fit for office. I believe these councillors will not resign because of their council allowances. They have no conscience, says Pat and Regis. Um, we've also got a message through from Helen in Milton Keynes. I'm in tears listening to that poor man and what he and others suffered. That was Gordon, yes. Um, as a Catholic, it makes me ashamed that these people were allowed to abuse children in their care, although Pope Francis is trying to drag this out into the light it will be a long time before people will fully trust the church and that's as it should be well done gordon coming on and telling his story absolutely it's, uh, very brave from gary and luton all taxi and private hire drivers should speak clear english having a proper uh, taxi driving ability test is the standard in luton and it's appalling they um, talk on their phones in a foreign language while driving many not all don't know where they're going and have difficulty remembering how much the fare is many are rude and act like they're doing you a favor wrong i'm hiring this vehicle and the driver for 10 minutes or so i'm in it the least i expect is a safe trip with a polite driver i can communicate with when necessary okay when they're on the phones yeah don't like that when they're rude and surly yeah don't like that when it's like they're doing 
doing you a favour. I've had that. That's not appropriate. But do they need to be able to speak English? That's that's the thing, really. And I don't think... I've seen English cabbies or, or people who are fluent in English speaking on their phone and acting arrogantly. We've had people moaning before about bus drivers not speaking English. I think that's less of a necessity. What's less of a necessity? Well, if you're a bus driver and you don't speak very much English, not so much of a problem. Taxi is a bit more one-on-one. I disagree. Oh, really? I think it's the other way around. Why so? I think bus drivers need to speak, be able to speak English better. Because you're asking to go somewhere, you're asking for a specific place. They can recognise the name. Okay, but then also with do, do people still do this with buses. I, I haven't been on a bus for a year actually because they're not very convenient where I live now. But I used to use them a lot. Do people still do this? Can you um, let me know? when I'm at the stop that's nearest the Tesco. You're not allowed to talk to the bus driver anymore. Oh, So the, you had to stand behind the line and not distract the bus driver. No, because the bus driver used to go, coming up to the Tesco now, Tesco stop. Oh no, they don't do that anymore. I once got a bus in Edinburgh and uh, there was only one other, it was me and a, uh, and a girl and another couple on there and we didn't have a clue where we were going. The bus driver said, I'll let you know when we get there. He went off route and took us to the door. You know why? Yeah. Scotch. Yeah. <laughs> Justin. Hey, good morning, boss. We taxi might, stories, eh? We, yeah, we might send you out a bit later on. Mm. Uh, asking whether it's uh, important for taxi drivers to be able to speak English. Yeah. Above them, uh, as long as they can uh, understand, I want to go here, mm. and how much the fare, do they need to have English beyond that? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, my issue w- with taxi drivers, and, and this happened about three years ago with me, um, got into a taxi about two o'clock in the morning from St Albans, um, anybody who gets a taxi at that time of night will know that you have to pay up front, which we did. Uh, we stopped off at a McDonald's on the way back. Somebody dropped their chips. OK, let's pay the fine for that. The police got involved. Oh. The taxi driver then said they haven't paid their fare. So we had to pay a £30 fine. We also had to pay for the taxi again of £30, even Ooh. though we'd already paid for it. Ooh. And unless we paid, we would have been arrested for theft. Brap. Absolutely. So that's my issue with taxi drivers. Okie dokie, I'm glad you... I, I, I feel that you've you've been sitting on that for a long time. Yes, I'm still very angry about it. A, a, any r- relief after sharing the story? Yeah, I've got it off my chest, put it that way. Good lad. Now, listen, yeah. we'll talk to you about that a bit later on about cabbies. Uh, but, mate, I want to give you a hug. I, I genuinely feel so happy and ex- I've been told off on Twitter for sucking up to <sighs> the royals. Get a life. For goodness sakes, guys, a new life is going to be born. Yeah. And we are all going to get joy from watching this life develop. Absolutely. The front page of The Sun. Ian, I've been out to buy every single newspaper this morning because I want to... Souvenir issues. Absolutely. Yep. You know, cut them out, put it into a book. 14 months after The Sun, Kate's pregnant with baby number two, Yee. the bun with a big arrow towards her a tummy. beautiful stomach. News. Wouldn't it be great if it was a daughter? Yeah. They'd have one of each then. Oh, it'd be beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely You've beautiful. You've taken it to the streets, Justin. Yes, I have. I mean, a lot of people smiling this morning, um, not just because The Sun's out, but, uh, of course, about the news about royal baby number two. I have taken it to the streets, Ian. Here's what people had to say. It's brilliant. I mean, she's she's an amazing lady and great. I wish them all the best. What do you think about some people waking up this morning saying, oh no, not again. We don't want to hear about that. What do you think about those people? Tell it the way it is. They're in the public eye. It's always going to be announced and, you know, they're never going to shy away from it and people are entitled to their own opinions but they're never going to stop reporting on things like this. When you want to see it, you want to hear about it, don't you, clearly? Yeah, I do. It's nice and, you know, with all the bad stuff going on, it's nice to have some nice stuff to read about. Loving you, loving your words. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yep, really good. Seeing that picture this morning, what does it do to you emotionally? What does that do to you? Well, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Would you like to see updates in the paper every single day on her progress? I'd say yes. Would you prefer a girl or a boy? A girl. They've already got a boy. What would you name it? <laughs> uh, probably Priscilla or something like that. Morning, madam. I'm J-Dog from Ian Lee's show. Uh, the front page of the paper this morning, there's the happy couple. Come on, you're smiling already, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not really interested in it. How dare you? Why are you not interested? <laughs> nah, it's all right. Royal baby number two. Isn't it wonderful? No. <laughs> Sir? You're not happy about it? Sir? I'm sorry, I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm happy for both of them. Uh, um, look at the lady's smile. I mean, what else can you expect of a mother? She's so excited, and I'm excited for them as well. Lovely. The feel-good factor's back. Yeah, it is, definitely. And for this time of the year, wonderful news. Great stuff, sir. Have a great day. Good oh, to see you smile. Take care. Thank you. Wonderful. Oh, it is. It's just absolutely sensational. A couple of people there quite miserable. But yeah. uh, I would suggest, um, if you're not excited about this, this country's not for you, because uh, this is big news, and people <laughs> this morning, the majority, they're oh. really happy. Just Great stuff. Mm. Go and get um, some boxes on st- on uh, taxis, please. And yep. if you see any more royal, you know, if you want to throw any more royal baby stuff into the mix, you're more than welcome to, mate. Oh, it's a great you. day for everybody. Absolutely. Thanks, Ian. Proud to be British. Thank you very much indeed. Catherine, uh, rogue underscore leader has, has, has replied. Oh, good. Going goo-eyed over the conception of another cosseted, genetically fortunate baby probably isn't enough to get you an OBE. I've, re- I've written back, grumpy bum. <laughs> grumpy bum. It's, it's good news, rogue underscore leader. How, how can you hate a tiny child so how much? How could you hate a baby? An innocent, innocent child. A pure life. An infant. Untainted. Plus, it'll be well cute. You know it will. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 at the moment at the Toddington services. The service area there is closed between junction 11 and 12. Um, it's due to a burst water main there, which uh, some recovery work's now taking place on. The M1 heading southbound heavy moving between junction 10 at Luton Airport and junction 9 for Redbourne. And taking a look at the M25, very slow moving heading anti-clockwise between junction 17 at Maple Cross and junction 16 for the M40. In Watford, Exchange Road looking rather busy at the moment, just around Upton Road. And in Boreham Wood, the Barnet bypass looking heavy heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Checking on the trains, everything's running to time across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ooh. Thank you, Nicola. It's 7.45. It's Tuesday, the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. Flights at Luton Airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. And the latest opinion polls suggest that support for and against Scottish independence oh, don't, don't, don't do the voice. is tied at 41%. 18% said they were undecided. You're just jealous because you can't do a Scotch accent as well as mine. Look, I can. Uh, that's Pakistani. What? Beds, hearts and bugs.
Beds and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. One or two mist and fog patches look like they've pretty much lifted now, actually. And we have some blue sky. Temperatures likely to get up to similar to yesterday, actually. A beautiful afternoon right the way across all three counties with a maximum of around 21, maybe even 22 Celsius. The wind remains light today. It's a chilly start, but like I said, that temperature rising the whole time. Perhaps a little bit more in the way of cloud, but it will thin, it will break and we'll get that sunshine. Overnight, it's similar to last night. We've got plenty of clear spells. The wind is light, which is a recipe for mist and fog, so we may get a bit of that tomorrow morning. But it is going to be another chilly one, particularly in the rural spots, around 8 Celsius, the minimum temperature there. Towns and cities likely to stay in double figures. A similar start for Wednesday, any mist will clear, and then a fine, dry day with sunny spells and temperatures staying in the low 20s. That's your forecast. The BBC asks thousands of questions every day. Why are we being overrun by rats? What are the tingles we feel when listening to music? Can life exist above the clouds? But what if we want to know more? BBC I Wonder asks intriguing questions and reveals thought-provoking answers. As one question is answered, another is raised. The discoveries are endless. BBC I Wonder. Go to bbc.co.uk slash I wonder. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Sorry, I forgot to check that out. I do, um... I do... I'm get, Andrew's in Bedford. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. I'm getting such a lot of abuse on Twitter because I'm celebrating the fact that there's a royal baby. Yes, yeah, so I'm afraid I'll have to join in with that, Ian. What? I'll have to join in with that. I, I can't see why I should rejoice at the birth of a royal baby. It's just another person we're going to have to keep in luxury for the rest of his or her life. And if you contrast that with your story, uh, which has been running recently, about that poor chap that died because he couldn't afford to keep his insulin in his fridge, yeah. I think, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a disgrace uh, to celebrate something like this because, I mean, you know, why should we have to keep this family, I mean, in, in such huge luxury? Wait, so what we are you saying? We should, what, we, should, we, should, we should throw the, the, the baby in the canal or something? What are you saying? No, I, don't, I wouldn't wish any harm upon, upon the baby, but, I mean, why, is it, why do you have to uh, go in along with these people that have been brainwashed over years to believe that the royals are, are such a fantastic proposition? It, listen, it's a continuation of the illustrious line of Windsor, and well, let's, be, let's be honest, it's going to be a nice little earner for the country as well. Well, yeah, I mean, but if you look, if you look back, I mean, if, if it was a system that we didn't have already, w- would we vote to have this thing? I mean, royals only got there in the first place because, I mean, years ago there was, there was several kings throughout England, Scotland and Wales, and, and they were just the biggest bullies with, with the biggest followers. Do you, hate, do you to... hate children, Andrew? Sorry? Do you hate children? No, I don't hate children. Then let's embrace it, this baby. Not literally. Let's celebrate and uh, rejoice in the fact that a beautiful... And it will be beautiful. They're a good-looking couple. A beautiful baby is going to be born. No, 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 no. You you can't guarantee it's going to be beautiful just because they're a good-looking couple. Yeah, you pretty much... They've got good genes. His genes are almost pure. Of course they've got good genes. They can afford them, can't they? Oh, oh, genes with a G. Sorry, Ian. Oh, Andrew, come on now. This is a serious issue. Yeah, no. Yep. Uh, No. This... Yes or no? I can't can't, um, believe that you believe it's right to sustain this system where we give millions and millions of pounds to this family to go on living in luxury whilst there's people in this country that that can't afford to eat, can't afford to heat their homes. 
if they've got homes. Uh, and, and yet, I mean, the system's just perpetuated because I'm afraid, Ian, you're just one of the people that have been brainwashed over the years because it's a good story for the tabloids and they're the ones that, that control a lot of people's thoughts, unfortunately. I mean... The, Hang on a I minute, mean, the tabloids don't control my thoughts. My thoughts control... Well, why do you think that the royal family is such a wonderful proposition? I mean, they're no different from anyone else. They well, go, they are. They're the royalty. They're, they're, they're better than us. They're Angie. not Angie. better than us, Ian. They've just been very fortunate into having a, a blood line, which uh, ensures them that they're never going to have to go on to job seekers, they're never going to have to know what it's like to live on the street, which I have done, and, and they're never going to have to know that, you know, that, that there's that any sort of form Andrew, of ca- suffering. Ca- Catherine wants Andrew, to get, Andrew wants to how much would they have to pay you to give up all your freedom, all your privacy, and to be at the behest and the whim of the great British public, and we all know some of the decisions they've made in the past? X Factor. What? No, that's, that's, that's not that. That's a, that's a spurious question. I that's mean, a good question. That's a question Answer I'm it. asking you, though. I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want their position. And what about selling your children into that life as well? What selling my children into that life? Yeah. So yeah, I know it's a luxury uh, cell that you'll be in, but you are pretty much um, owned by the public. Well, that's their choice, isn't it? No, it's not a choice. They have no that, choice. I mean, right? she, she set, I mean, you can't say that. I mean, Kate Middleton set out. If you look, if you look back on Kate Middleton, she set out to snare him, didn't she? She she chose to go on the same course as him, history of art, the same university, oh, and, and she went up there Andrew. and she paraded around in her undies, uh, and he, he was he was Andrew. captured. Andrew. She chose to go into that. Andrew. I don't feel sorry for her at all. So did now. I? Did I capture my husband as well? Did you parade around in your undies? Sometimes. There you go then. Well, yeah, you probably did, but I mean, you, you, Andrew, you, your, just your husband Andrew. was just a humble lorry driver, wasn't he? Andrew, just, just, just. And so I've got a guess. So I'm going to just admit, Andrew, that the royal family are better than us. Accept that, and life will be so much easier. They're not they're better be- than me. They're, they're, they're better just... than me, and no, they're certainly better no, than you. They are parasites. Andrew, thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. How did you find out about my first husband, the trucker? <laughs> I think the mayor found the body, Catherine. You, you, better, you better start changing your name and hair colour again. Uh, now, um, and it's true, the royal family are better than us. Come on, guys, accept that and life becomes so much easier. Now, we've been following the case of a Watford man looking to be rehoused by the council after his current landlord decided to sell up. Steve McMahon was forced to give up work after severely damaging his neck and back while working underneath a boiler. He twisted awkwardly. The whole thing went off kilter. He's been in agony. Now, he has got a dog called Lionel that, that really helps him. It, it, it helps his depression. It helps him get up. And his friends say the pet is the only thing which keeps him going. Well, on Friday... We told you the good news that Steve had been offered a flat where he could take Lionel, the dog, with him. Steve's back on the line. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. It was all good news on Friday. It was. It was, yeah. Uh, but it turns out it wasn't actually there in the first place. There's been a twist, hasn't there? What's, so what's, what's happened, Steve? Um, well, basically, uh, after I spoke to you on the programme, I took the Lionel out for a walk, came back, and there was a message left on my answer phone saying that uh, the property had been... Rented out the previous evening again to the private sector. Oh, so, so, so when we'd been talking, it, someone else had already snapped it up. It snapped it up the evening before, yeah. So, but oh, when man. they came when they came back into work uh, when they came to work on Friday morning, that uh, they found out themselves that the property wasn't actually there for for rental. So um, we're back to square one, unfortunately. 
I'm assuming they got offered more money or something, did they? Or, or was it just... Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, this is what's happening. Uh, the, Watford are losing out because of the, uh, the housing benefits cap. They're losing out to people from the private sector and people from outside of the Watford area uh, moving into the area and taking any vacant properties that are available. And this was going to be a struggle because you were going to have to find 15 quid... A, was it 15 quid a week? Yeah, fifteen pound a week instead yeah. of uh, the eighty-five pound. Which doesn't sound a lot, but when you're on a very tight budget, and it would have eaten into that significantly, wouldn't it? It's about eighteen percent, eighteen twenty percent of the of my actual uh, employment support allowance. You must uh, have been gutted when you uh, got that phone it call. It wasn't a good weekend. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It wasn't a good weekend, and um, without the support of a lot, a lot of friends and um, particularly the petitioners, Lee Farm Park, who. We signed my petition that we put into Watford Council. Um, it would have been a very difficult weekend, but, you know, they managed to keep a smile on my face, and uh, I've just got to be optimistic. Oh, mate, I'm really sorry, and I know there'll be lots of listeners who have been following your story very closely, who uh, we had lots of nice little messages on Friday. Oh, fantastic, well done, it's sorted. And then the people will be disappointed. What happens next, Steve? Uh, well, basically, part of the message that was left with me on Friday from Watford Housing was, um, well, if, do, you, do you know of anyone that can uh, help? Well, if I knew of anyone, I wouldn't be asking. Well, I got, they were they were asking you if you knew anyone that could help. <laughs> yes, they, they wow. did. So, so not just me, uh, not just for me, but for the hundreds of other people that are stuck in bed and breakfast and temporary accommodation. Um, I'm asking any landlords out there, please, can you help? Because um, Watford are at, a, uh, at an impasse now where they have no housing for pretty much anyone. Um, and is it right? Have I got this right, Steve? So, so your landlord, who you've been living in that property for ten years, yeah, that wants to sell up. Yeah, doesn't yeah. want to be a landlord anymore. And is, no, it, no. is it is it right? And it has been a good landlord by all accounts. Is it right that that, that Watford Council are telling you you should stay there? They, they initially told me not to um, fight any of the eviction orders. Right. Um, they told me no. Well, you don't want to fight that. No, you don't want to fight that. Um, and. Uh, when it got to the stage where I said, well, where are we at now? Um, well, so they, they actually told me, when you go into temporary accommodation, I said, well, hang on a second, I've got a, I've got a dog and I've got a flat full of furniture. They said, uh, well, storage, first of all, for the flat full of furniture. I said, what about the dog? No, foster, foster care. I said, well, hang on, that, that, that's not an option. We'll get rid of the dog. And... Um, it's not an option. It's not an option to me. He's he's been here for the two and a half years since I've had my accident. And if anybody really wants to appreciate um, the value of having a pet, um, there's a great book out by an author called Melanie Reed. It's called My Dog, My Friend. She was injured in a horse riding accident when she became a tetraplegic. And the only thing that has kept her going since her accident is her pet. Lionel was basically, and this is not an exaggeration, you'll correct me if it is, Lionel's basically saved your life, hasn't he? Pretty much so, pretty much so. I was in, I suffered deep, deep, deep depression. Four years ago, I was a £40,000 a year gas engineer, my own car, two holidays a year, girlfriend, etc. And in the four years now, it's it's come down to, I I was on the verge of actually signing uh, for a mortgage to actually get a property myself, to, to purchase a property. But um, since then, £15,000 savings, I'm down to £85 a week, and uh, very shortly going to be homeless. 
Steve, I'm really sorry that uh, I'm just really sorry the way this is panning out. Can, can we keep in touch with you and, and 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 you know, hopefully something will happen soon. Yeah, please, yeah, please do, please do. It's, right. it's um, we're just hearing yet again more harebrained um, waste of expenditure of public money again with another paddling pool project that we hear through Watford Borough Council. Which, um, again, infuriates me when there's no housing out there. We hear of Casterbury Park Regeneration Project, where there's £6.5 million being spent on a paddling pool. £4.5 million is coming from the lottery grant. And £2 million has suddenly been found by Watford Borough Council. Yet, they haven't any properties, they haven't any uh, affordable housing for anyone. Steve, so, listen, I, 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 can, I, I can hear the frustration in your voice, and I know there'll be lots of listeners who are disappointed to hear that latest twist in the story. Steve McMahon and his dog Lionel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 at the moment. The service area is closed at the Toddington services between Junction 11 and 12 at the moment. That's due to a burst water main there and some recovery works now taking place. The M1 looking heavy heading southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 heading clockwise queuing at the moment between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and 26 for Waltham Abbey. No reported problems or delays to the trains Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much Man alive we're getting some stories today aren't we Thank you Steve let's keep our fingers crossed Do taxi drivers need to be able to speak English Come on you're happy about the royal baby Local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, fresh police checks for Milton Keynes taxi drivers. 88-year-old man left stranded by Luton Airport alert and victory for England in Switzerland. BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. In future, all applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are what has been in termed exceptional circumstances. But Peter Kirkham from the Milton Keynes Taxi Association says the new policy doesn't mean it can't happen again. No, I don't think it will stop it. Because at the end of the day, the way that the administration is within the taxi industry nationally it's down to a councillor's decision what's up in his mind his brain and how he sees what should be for the future and of course sometimes you know they get it wrong flights at luton airport are expected to return to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert although some delays are expected easyjet cancelled a total of 41 flights yesterday a controlled explosion was carried out but beverage police say no one was arrested there are unconfirmed reports that the suspect device turned out to be a pair of hair straighteners. Meanwhile, many passengers have spent the night in hotels, although 88-year-old Peter Stroud and his wife were forced to spend the night at the airport terminal waiting for their flight to Cyprus. There's no one responsible. There's no one here you can really get at. You speak to a guy behind a counter down there and he, he doesn't know much at all. 
A timetable setting out how Scotland would receive more powers if voters reject independence in next week's referendum is expected to be endorsed by the three main pro-union parties later today. The latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against independence is tied at 41%. 18% said they were undecided. A 63-year-old man from Aylesbury has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a man was stabbed in the neck in a shop yesterday afternoon. The man in his mid-twenties was attacked in Babs Food and Wine Store in Buckingham Road at 2.25. He was taken to Stoke Mandeville Hospital in a serious condition. Former residents of a Catholic orphanage in Bedfordshire have welcomed a decision to carry out a new review into claims of physical and sexual abuse. The investigation into what happened at St Francis Boys' Home in Shefford in the 1940s, 50s and 60s will be led by a senior police officer. David Cox lived at the home and says he was a victim of abuse. Children were punched in the face. They were caned until they bled on their backsides and tops of their legs. They were kicked. They were thrown through doors. In sport, two goals from Danny Welbeck gave England a 2-0 win in Switzerland in their opening qualifying match for Euro 2016. Here's Hertfordshire midfielder Jack Wilshire. No, we didn't surprise ourselves. You know, I mean, a few people would have said, you know, it's going to be a big test, and it was a big test for us, but we... We show what we can do, you know. We've got great players here and we believe in ourselves and, you know, we'll, we'll take this into the next game. The weather, another dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. You get smiles along the high street. Risborough people on the whole are very friendly. Exploring where you live. From where I live, you can... Look out, and there's just green fields all the way down the bottom. All this week, we're discovering Prince's Risborough. It's got a great sense of community, and the spirit here is fantastic. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, man, it's a busy show this morning. Coming up, what happened at the council meeting last night regarding taxi drivers in Milton Keynes, and as a result of... That story, do taxi drivers need to be able to speak English? What are you doing, Kath? I'm in a bit of a tangle. Why? I've wrapped my headphones around my chair. You do that three times a show, love. I get very animated. Okay. Also on the show this morning, we are celebrating the wonderful royal news. There's a new baby on its way. And I don't care what you say on Twitter. It's good news. You know why it's good news? And I say this, truthfully, the royals are better than us. Fact. Oh, wait, I'm not... <laughs> uh, flying helicopters, yes, I'll admit that. I can't talk to you while you're crawling around on the floor. What, what, what? what? For goodness sakes. Oh, wait, 459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Huh? I've come up with a killer phone-in. Go on. What have the Royals ever done for you? Mm, Call me it? now. Oh, wait, 459 four double five five double five. Loads of things. Gave me a thrill when uh, Princess Diana walked past me in Kensington High Street. Oh. Gave me a cry when Princess Di died. Two things. Well, that's the f- that I've said two things. Exactly. I've got, I've got more things. Um, I saw um, Prince William. Yeah. Very handsome. Yeah. Very handsome. Made my mum happy when the Queen went past her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and we went on holiday to London when I was a kid. 
for a weekend. So the royals have done And we saw oh. Princess Diana in a carriage. There Thanks you go, very you much. See. The Queen waved at me once in a car. Uh, someone shouted at her murderer... Again, old Princess Diana linked. Very weird. I went to. I was. I was getting a passport um, in Petit France. Is that what it's called? When, Don't know. Well, um, uh, on where's that? In London. London, right? Um, it's where the passport office used to be. On the day that the Queen was coming back from Balmoral to Buckingham Palace after Princess Diana had died. And I don't think she'd addressed the nation at that point. No, everyone was calling for her to come back and yeah. speak. And yeah. It got. I found it got quite bullying. It got very bullying. And I thought, and I had to wait a couple of hours for the passport. I thought, well, I'm just around the corner from, from uh, the palace. I'll go and have a little look see what's going on. And it was weird. There were thousands of people there. Definitely hundreds. I would say a couple of thousand people were there. But they were all silent and all just kind of milling around. There was that strange mood, wasn't there, when Princess Diana died from maybe a couple of months afterwards where people just sort of milling around. Uh, and then I, I saw the Queen arriving in a car, right? And normally when the, the Queen goes, well, you see the Queen, there's waving of flags and chewing. There was nothing. There was silence. It was so odd. And someone shouted at her, Murderer! And I thought, you don't shout that at an old lady. And so I, I waved at the car. It was really weird. I waved at the car. And she caught my eye, went right past me. She caught my eye and she waved back at me. I thought, that's an old woman that someone's shouting at. Very weird. So the Queen so gave... you had a moment. Yeah, I had a moment. I've had a moment with the Queen. Not in the same way that Michael Sands did, but in a... Um, is that Michael no, Sands? The one that c- crawled into her bedroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. No. How do I remember that name? If indeed I have remembered that name. Is that the right name? I'm going to Google it. Thanks very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What you got for us, boss? I wanted to talk about Steve, the chap who's uh, literally going to be made homeless. Yes, very sad story. And Yeah, but he's one of many thousands. And when, and when I hear these stories, we all feel sympathy for it. But the humanity in this country has gone downhill so fast that I, I find it unbelievable. I mean, really and truly, if you're going round the three counties, you could at least inform us how many people round the three counties are in better breakfast. <laughs> I believe. Well, I believe that we have done in the past. We're showing a rosy picture around the free counties, and it's not you're, not true. You're, you're talking about the big talk. Well, well, no, 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 Peter, you're incorrect because it is true. All of the stuff that we get from the big tour is true, but we also do look at some of the tougher stories from those areas, and we have given out the figures, certainly for Milton Keynes, and I'm sure for the rest of the three counties, we have talked about the number of people who are homeless and the number of people in bed and breakfast. Yeah. Milton Keynes has got a huge problem with with people well, who are in bed. And yes, breakfast, and we 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 no, no you've you've made an accusation, Peter. I'm going to defend it. Several times we have had the uh, people in charge of housing on to discuss what they're going to do about the problem. Yes, but when we when we're dis- discussing a town or an area, really yep. and truly, you should give we should the full picture should be given. Really. We do do a full it's picture. A, it's all roses and everything. No, it's not. Round I'm not the door. Do you know what? It's not. I'm not going to allow that accusation. It's not. Some of the stories in the big tour have been about pretty rubbish, horrible things happening there that people are unhappy with. So you're incorrect there, Peter. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, yes. Thank but, you. But the story when it's being produced is, uh, uh, at the time. 
But we're allowed to listen. We're allowed to celebrate the wonderful things about the three counties, oh, aren't we? Right. Oh, absolutely. That's what's being but I done. See the waltz and all. But you've just seen the waltz. You've heard Steve's story. You heard Gordon uh, oh, about well, fifty minutes ago. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I've listened to that story and I listened to that about the Windsors as well. The one about the Windsor, I mean, that's an adopted name anyway. Peter, do you admit, I'm going to move on quickly because I've got a guest who's waiting, been waiting for ages. Peter, yeah. will you accept that the royal family, they're better than me, they're certainly better than you? Under which name? The adopted one or the old one? Under the, under the adopted name. They're better than you, aren't they, Peter? No, not at all. Really? No, not absolutely not. Thank you very much. Oh. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, right. After it emerged, Milton Keynes Council allowed a serial rapist to drive a taxi. Officials met last night to tighten up licensing rules. The driver in question has handed in his badge, but another five cabbies with convictions are still on the road. Mick Legg is the Labour councillor in charge of licensing at Milton Keynes Council. Morning, Mick. Morning, Ian. Now, we're all confused, Mick. One of the changes that's been made is that uh, that people with crimes of violence or a sexual nature will not be given a a cab licence except for, quotes, exceptional circumstances. What would those exceptional circumstances be? Um, well, my, my take on that, Ian, it, w- it would be something like if there was like a significant period of time between offences, sort of like 30, 40 years. So, so what, what's the period of time between raping, um, b- b- being a serial rapist and being allowed to have a taxi licence? Well, my, my, my view is that anybody with, with rape, there, there, isn't, there isn't any sort of exceptional circumstances. The word exceptional circumstances has, has come from our from legal advice, because we've been advised that if we're to have a blanket ban per se, then we could be open to a legal challenge. My view is that is unlikely, but uh, we, obviously we respect our, our legal guidance on that point. I mean, what it also gives... It, it gives so the exceptional circumstance just means a length of time? That's, that's correct. Well, it, it could be a, a number of circumstances. For example? Well, my, my view is it's just a period of time. I mean, my view is that if somebody's got a rape conviction, there, there are no exceptional circumstances. They shouldn't be driving taxes. So that's my view. But the wording is there because it's based on legal advice. Paedophile? Well, six, any, any sexual circumstances. The policy is clear, clearly goes through. I mean, at the end of the day... Our, our paramount concern is public safety. Of course, which is why I'm so confused by this this phrase. The council ruled that all future applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are, quotes, exceptional circumstances. That's correct, yeah. And that, I say that, that is based on advice from our legal officers. But that means that there would be a legal uh, a point of law for someone to question whether they were granted a licence or not. They could... A former... A, a paedophile who offended 30, 40 years ago uh, and doesn't get the licence could challenge that legally. That, that, that is a possibility. My view is it's probably unlikely, but it is obviously a possibility. I mean, what, what, the, the wording... What, what we did last night, we, we just touched, uh, changed the wording so it was a bit, bit more robust. What I had previously said, and obviously... The, the, the issue we had wasn't to do with the policy, it was to do with the people who actually made the decision previously. The, 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 the wording in the previous, in the, pol- the draft policy, which went out to consultation last October, November, so this is a, a document that we've been working on for some time. It's not a knee-jerk reaction to, to, re- to recent events. Um, 
the, the wording said um, something along the lines of not, would not normally be granted a licence with those, with those um, circumstances, but we just felt we needed to toughen, toughen it up to say unless there are ex- exceptional t- circumstances based on legal advice. One of the, uh, the, the things I've really thought about the last couple of weeks we've talked about this story is that, that my experience of being a single man getting into a cab late at night is uh, a completely different experience from a single woman getting into a cab uh, uh, late at night. Is, there, is that not an argument for having more women on the panel who may see some of these uh, crimes in a slightly different way to men? Oh, absolutely. I think we should have a, a, a mixture of, um, peop- uh, of, of various books of life on the panel. I mean, um, uh, and it, it's you're in charge of licensing, aren't you? You you can make that happen. You could. Get, the, how many women are on the panel now? Um, the, the the chair of the panel, who who should be elected on Wednesday evening, will be a woman, Councillor Katrina Councillor Katrina Morris, the the incoming chair. I mean, the, the ca- I don't actually appoint the panel. The, right. the panel is actually appointed by the um, the council, Milton's council, at its annual general meeting. That appoints all the members of all these various committees. So that's not appointed by me. But certainly, what one of the points that's come out of this whole situ- situation is things like the need for better training to make sure we've got the right people on the panels, people who understand the law and everything else. So that that is certainly a, a major point we're taking forward. You mentioned the uh, the, the council involved, of course, former Mayor Saban Shafiq and. Uh, um, councillors Gladstone, Mackenzie and Stuart Burke, who are the chair and the vice chair of the licensing committee, they've stood down from those positions. Should those three gentlemen um, stand down as councillors? I think that's a matter for, for, for them to um, reflect on their actions and to uh, and to, uh, to to feel how which way their conscience is going. Certainly, they in in the cases of McK- councillors Mackenzie and um, Burke, they 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 had to have both resigned their positions from the their their committee. They have apologised for what they they feel was a, a serious error of their own judgment. But as to whether they re- resigned from the council, I think that is a matter for their own conscience. Okay. And Mick, listen, one of the things that we I, I have certainly been keen to stress on this show is that the, the, these rogue cab drivers with criminal records, they are a minority. Can you assure, can you assure that the, the public that the, 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 the majority of cab drivers are decent, hard-working people who don't want to cause any harm? Absolutely. I mean, in my case, I have a 17-year-old daughter who, who works at a, a restaurant and comes home very late at night, and so obviously she gets a cab home sometimes. So um, we have over 1,300 taxi drivers on the roads in Milton Keynes, and the vast majority of them work very hard. They, 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 they help the local economy uh, and... Uh, and are very safe to travel with. And I think that's the, the, the key message to get across. Mick, listen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Mick Legg, Labour councillor in charge of licensing at Milton Keynes Council. It's 8.16. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, um, the service area is still closed at the Toddington services at the moment between Junction 11 and Junction 12. Um, that's due to a burst water main there. Some recovery works taking place. In Kensworth, the A5's looking busy heading southbound between Lynch Hill and Old Watling Street. And very slow moving on the M25 heading clockwise. And that's between Junction 24 at Potter's Bar and Junction 25 for Enfield heading through the roadworks area there. The M40 is queuing, heading northbound from the Denham roundabout to the M25. And so far, looking at the trains, everything's running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Carpet Martin on Twitter says, Princess Michael of Kent once visited my school. I got off double maths. God bless the royal ovaries, whomever's they are. 
the royal family are better than you and me. 08459 455 555. 817, these are your headlines. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. Flights at Luton Airport are returning to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. And the latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against Scottish independence is tied at 41%. The weather, a dry day with sunny spells, maximum temperature is 20 degrees. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. and We love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Did you fix it yourself? Fix what? Your car? Do you have it all? No, I haven't got a clue. Have you not got a clue? I think my clutch has gone. Oh, blimey. How can my clutch go? My car's only three years old. Uh, I heard you banging on about your car the other day, about how it was, gonna, yeah. you, it was a diesel and you were going to drive it forever. Exactly. Oh, man, you got that three, wrong. Three years old yeah. and my clutch went this morning. Phone up, um, you want to phone up the dealer, not the company that made it. Your contract is with the dealership. And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, sorry, guy, we sold it a year ago. And you go, well, actually, uh, my statutory rights. Did you pay for it on a credit card? <laughs> yes, I did, actually. Excellent. Good for you. Well done. Well, right. it's on finance, so it's the same thing. OK, beautiful. We'll get in touch with them. Um, and if I were dealing with this, I'd get you compo. But you don't like compo. <laughs> I don't like you compo. You don't like compo. Oh, it's fine. It's your I don't, I don't want compo. I just want a car that works. Said too much to ask. You are so demanding, JVS. I know. I've often thought that about you. I know. What's on your show this morning? Well, coming up on the big phone in this morning, we're talking about our big local story of the day, Luton Airport. Oh. Coming up from nine today, how well do you think Luton Airport handled yesterday's security alert? The airport was closed for more than four hours yesterday after an unidentified package sparked a major security alert. This morning... Unconfirmed reports suggest heat vapour from a hairdryer or a pair of straighteners at the baggage scanner may have caused a member of the public to raise the alarm. Dozens of flights were cancelled or diverted and more than 2,000 passengers were affected when the terminal was evacuated. Surrounding roads were closed until bomb disposal officers carried out a controlled explosion and the airport was declared safe. Well, from nine today, I want your reaction to this. How well do you think Luton Airport handled yesterday's security alert? Perhaps you were affected yourself? Are you totally understanding of the action they took? Perhaps you feel that it was a bit of an overreaction if it was just a pair of hair straighteners or a hairdryer in someone's bag that they could have found a different way of dealing with it that didn't involve closing the entire airport. From nine this morning, I want your views. 08459 455 555. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got Catherine. Bagsy not being the person that opens that suitcase just to check. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I kind of think, um, I, I, I've said this before about uh, airports and airport security. I would rather be delayed by several hours, even a day, than blown up. Yeah. Simple as that. For me, 
for me, but I, you know, then I wasn't stuck outside for four or five hours, or you know. But that's my thing. We've got some taxes, have we? We have. Go yeah, on. we've got a number of them here. Uh, taxpayers pay approximately four pounds a year to support the welfare state, and approximately sixty-seven pence to support the royal family. The royal family generates millions in tourism for our country, so our new royal babies to be celebrated as a joy and a new yeah. life, but also to support our longer-term economy. I can't recall your caller mentioning this, says Ruth in Biggleswade. Mm. Marion in Hemel has uh, another reason to welcome the news. Yep. Yesterday you were talking about the front pages of the papers which were full of doom and gloom yes. about Scotland. Yep. When I heard news about Kate, I thought, yippee, the hey. papers will be full of that today instead of Scotland. Hey. Marion in Hemel. Hey. Hey. Has, you don't think, no. They, have they announced this because of the Scottish thing? <gasps> Is that what this is about? Oh, nothing melts a Scottish heart oh, like a baby. Is that what this is about? Because the, the Queen yesterday was on the front page, miserable that we were going to lose Scotland. 51%, 49% in favour of Scotland annexing itself. And then suddenly we get a joyful story that brings everybody together. Is that why they've done it, do you think? Oh, I wonder. Oh, it would be genius if it were. That's genius marketing. We'll get some more texts in a bit. Oh, go on. And excellent timing. An excellent time. Wouldn't that be... Oh, I wonder. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. I think there may be something. We'll discuss that after half past. On to slightly more serious issues. Former residents of a Catholic orphanage in Shefford have welcomed the news that Bedfordshire Police will review its investigation into claims of, uh, claims of organisational sexual abuse spanning 30 years. The force says it has always taken allegations stemming from St Francis's Boys' Home seriously, but now wants to provide all of the victims involved with an outcome. A senior investigator has been brought in to oversee the operation, which involves a large number of victims, and it's hoped that many more may find the courage to come forward. Joined now by t- Tom Perry, who set, a, set up... Why can't I speak today? Who set up Mandate Now to campaign for mandatory reporting of child abuse. Morning, Tom. Uh, good morning, Ian. Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Remind us why you set up Mandate Now. Um, well, I was the first complainant at um, Caldicott School, that um, the uh, child abuse scandal that went on for decades at that school in um, Farnham Royal in Buckinghamshire. And um, it emerged from there because uh, I discovered, uh, along with a former barrister who was a pupil, um, that there's no requirement on any staff in any regulated activity, and that's a sort of technical term for any institution where children are cared for, um, um, either away from home or on a day basis, I discovered that there was no requirement um, to report abuse. And um, we're seeking the introduction of mandatory reporting because it supports staff to report abuse. So mandatory reporting, Tom, if I've got this right, is if I suspect that someone I'm working with is possibly doing something inappropriate with children, I have to go to the authorities. You have to report it, and that means you are protected by law. At the moment, if you speak, and remember, you're not speaking about abuse where you're witnessing the abuse firsthand. That is so rare. It's unbelievable. What you are uh, uh, usually reporting is a concern on reasonable grounds. When you do that under our proposals, you will have legal protection. And how would you prevent, under your proposals, malicious reporting? Uh, Well, malicious reporting, according to Department for Education Research, accounts for only 2% Mm. of uh, reports that are currently made to what is called the local authority designated officer. Now, that's 2% too many. But the whole point is is that a a local authority designated officer assesses independently of the institution the concern in question and then decides whether other agencies should be involved. So it's picked up at that point. What's your reaction, Tom, to this story that the the police are reinvestigating? 
investigating abuse claims at this orphanage in Bedfordshire? Well, I find it rather interesting, and I have to say I'm, I'm slightly confused about it. I'm, I'm familiar with um, the orphanage. Um, uh, it has been on my list for some while because it is a regulated activity. And I looked at the um, reports that have recently been made, and, and two words keep emerging. Um, one is that it's an investigation. The other is that it's a review. Well, which one is it? Mm. Because it cannot be both, especially when apparently the lead officer of this is a gentleman by the name of Mark Ross, as as has been reported on the BBC's website, and he's a retired senior officer. So therefore, this is clearly not, as it were, a current investigation. It is a review, or so it seems. I do wish Bedfordshire Police would come forward and inform us. Uh, A review would imply, because I think there have been four investigations before. So the implication, are you suggesting, Tom, that it's a review of those previous four investigations? It seems to be, because um, it doesn't appear to be a live investigation. And, you know, I know the uh, law firm that handles most of the complainants. And I had cause to speak to her a, a short while ago. And I said, look, you know, uh, as a matter of interest with this, with this particular incident, what do you most need? And the answer was, well, live, um, uh, live alleged perpetrators, because most of them mm. are dead. And so, therefore, I'm, I'm very confused as to what this is, and I'm hoping it's not holding out fal- false hope to those people who are abusees. Uh, we, we've been told that four officers are working on this case. Does that tally with what you've heard, and, and, and what can we infer from that? Uh, I am bewildered by that. Um, that I find very surprising. Let me compare it to Caldecott. Um, uh, in Caldecott, we had four men who were uh, successfully prosecuted, one acquittal. Um, uh, we had two full-time police officers. In the last trial alone, we had finally, in the end, 60 witnesses um, spread over four continents, but two full-time officers. So, again, I- I'm finding it all very odd. I don't understand it, is the, is the bottom line. Mm. I would like to understand, and I do hope Bedfordshire does put somebody up to tell us. Yeah, it would be good if they could. We did ask them this morning, but they've, they've, they've not uh, decided not to come on at the moment. We'll keep pursuing that, of course. Mm. Uh, Tom, just very briefly, uh, your website on mandatory reporting, it's just gone live, has it? Where, where do people find it's it? It's just gone live, yes. We're at um, uh, all the W's, mandate now, all one word, dot org. UK. And you're also on Twitter as well, aren't you? Very much so, at Mandate Now. Tom, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Um, no doubt we'll speak again at some point in the future. That's Tom Perry, who's set up Mandate Now. 08459 455 555, uh, your thoughts on that. Catherine, we had a few more Royal Texas. Yeah, we did. Some a uh, bit grumpier than the ones we read out oh, earlier on. Guys. You were all very thrilled. Come on. For different reasons. Um, here's one. I think Scotland should be obliged to take some of these leeches with them when they vote yes. We can keep the Queen and Philip, who are hopefully not far off their final patronising waves, and they can take the young'uns. I'm not interested in them and their attempts to pass themselves off as being no different to the general population. Right. That Air is so- ambulance pilot, bet not without a bodyguard that costs the taxpayer more than he earns, right. Amanda. That is out of order, right? Because that, And that is a person who, who cannot accept the fact that the royals are better than them. Amanda, the royal, they are better than you. They are genetically better than you. They are more successful than you. They, are well, they have a better home than you. They are more attractive than you. They've got better-looking husbands Hang than you. Hang on a minute. Amanda might be a stunner. Amanda, could you send us a picture before I continue this rant? Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M1 at the moment. The service uh, area is still closed at the Toddington services due to a burst water main there. The M1 heading southbound is looking heavy between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 10 at Faluton Airport Spur Road. There's a lane closed on the M1 heading northbound, just Junction 9 for Redbourne. There's an overturned vehicle there. And the A1M is looking quite heavy on the sensors heading southbound between Junction 9 at Letchworth and Junction 7 for Stevenage. And it's queuing at the moment on the M25 heading clockwise between Junction 24 at Potter's Bar and Junction 25 for Enfield. So far checking on the trains, everything's running to time across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Flights at Luton Airport are returning to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. A controlled explosion was carried out, but Bedfordshire Police say no one was arrested. There are unconfirmed reports that the suspect device turned out to be a pair of hair straighteners. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. In future, all applications from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are what has been termed exceptional circumstances. And the latest opinion poll suggests that support for and against Scottish independence is tied at 41%. 18% said they were undecided. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two goals from new Arsenal striker Danny Welbeck gave England a 2-0 win in Switzerland in their opening qualifying match for Euro 2016. I know the positives of me playing in certain positions and I think the manager knows that himself. And obviously it's difficult to pick a team with so much talent um, across the whole squad so it's, it's very difficult but um, when I play in a preferred position I know, I know what I can do for the team. And here's the England manager, Roy Hodgson. There was no point in trying to come here and play in a conventional 4-5-1 or 4-4-1-1 to, to try and get a nil-nil. We want this team to progress all the time. We want them to get better. We want them to learn. We want them to, to play in the systems that we think they can play in. So why not start as you mean to continue rather than say, well, this is an important game. We mustn't get beaten. Therefore, we'll throw all of our principles out of the window. Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Deli Alley helped England under-19s to a one-all draw in Germany, setting up the opening goal. Former Dons defender Brendan Galloway also started. And in Conference South last night, Boreham Wood beat Eastbourne 5-2. St Albans drew two all at home to Bromley. In tennis, Marin Cilic of Croatia has won his first Grand Slam title at the US Open in New York. He beat Kainishikori of Japan in straight sets. The result means Andy Murray slips out of the world's top ten for the first time in six years. And it's stage three today of cycling's Tour of Britain from Newtown to Abergavenny in Wales. Yesterday, the Australian Mark Renshaw won stage two to claim the leader's yellow jersey. The tour is in Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire on Friday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The reason I have been, and you won't know this, I have been feverishly fingering my telephone all morning. And uh, the reason I've been doing this, it's my boy's first day at school. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's my boy's first day at school. I've been waiting for the uniform picture to come through. The uniform picture has come through. Give us a flash. Uh, Let's have a little look. Hang on a second. Let me get it on the big screen. 
There's my little boy <gasps> in his posh uniform. Oh, my goodness. Isn't he adorable? Isn't he just? Don't we do good kids? Well done. Don't we do good kids? There we go. My little boy having his first day at school. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Right. A little recap of where we are. Lots to talk about. But on the conversation of, of uh, rogue taxi drivers, we kind of went off into a nice little tangent that we've parked. I'd like to get back in, start the engine and drive it off. Should taxi drivers have to speak English? I don't think they should. As long as they can understand, I want to go here and how much to fare, then I think that's all they need to understand. You've got some disagreements on the text. Go on. Um, yes, they do need to speak English, says L. This is England. Regardless of nationalities oh. here, that's how one of the requirements to gain entry this country under immigration law. It has only gone out of the window due to high European immigration. How can you converse where you want to go if they can't speak English or No, no, it? no. I've said, I've said as long as they understand I want to go here and how much the fare. How many roadsides can they not read? They cannot know the way if they don't have a reasonable standard of English. The requirement well, should be the same as London cabins. Hang on. Most roadsides uh, guess what? They're signs. They don't have words on. You learn the symbol. So your argument is completely invalid on that one. Not my argument. L's. Helen and Milton Keynes. Certain jobs require understanding of English. Yep. Taxi drivers, doctors, nurses, other medical staff, also public sector workers. I was shocked when I saw the picture in the MK Citizen to recognise the man. Oh, she recognised him. On the occasions he was our driver. She's talking about the, dri- the driver oh, yeah. at the centre of all this. Oh. She... She makes some allegations about him anyway. Okay. Um, she says, I'm not a nervous ninny, but this situation's making me reflect on my safety when using local minicabs. Nah, don't worry about local minicabs. The majority, the majority of them are, are, are absolutely fine. 08459 555. I do not think you need to be able to speak English to be a minicab driver. There are some professions where English is a must. Yes, doctors. Yes, carers. Of course. You have to be able to speak it and be understood by people who are hard of hearing or perhaps a little slow of thought. Minicab drivers, really? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll hopefully speak to Delia about that a little bit uh, before nine o'clock. And also, we are celebrating. Come on, guys! What a miserable month it's been. The last three, four weeks: ISIS, ISIL, beheadings, Gaza, Iraq, Syria, Ebola. Sounds like a supergroup, doesn't it? A very bad supergroup. We are celebrating the fact that there is a royal baby on its way. Wonderful. Come on. Let's embrace it. Not literally. You probably get shot by security. 08459 455 555. And also, there's a caveat to that. Why should we be celebrating it? Because the royal family are better than you. David's in Webb Sands. Morning, David. Uh, good morning, Ian. What have you got for us? Um, Ian, I was really incensed by your anti-royalist um, uh, list, uh, your anti-royalist caller earlier. That was Pete, uh, I think, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh, he, he is so anti-royalist. He ought to live in a banana republic. I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm a, I'm a true royalist, and um, I, I question whether he's ever fought on the front line in at sort of uh, places like Afghanistan and the Falklands. I don't think he has. He's quite an old gentleman. Well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know, but he's so anti-royal, and it really, really did annoy me. I'm not quite, let's, let's, let's go through this. I'm not quite sure what fighting on the front, front line has to do with it, because I, I certainly haven't. But, but no. why, why, are you, um, why are you such a royalist, David? Well, um, because they, um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that we're, uh, I'm living in this country, and I'm, I'm proud of the royals. They are better than us. T- and, tell um, me why, because there are some people listening who don't get it. Why, why are, are the royals better than you, David? 
Well, they're, 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 well edu- they're well educated. Um, they bring a lot of money into this country um, through, through the things that they do. And um, I'm very proud. Um, there, there'll be some people listening to this, uh, well, some people who've phoned up already saying, for goodness sake, it's another overprivileged, rich, billionaire's baby. For goodness sakes, we shouldn't be celebrating this when we've heard stories this morning of people who are being made homeless. Your response, please, David. Well, my response is that um, uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry that these things happen, that um, all these sad things happen all over the world. But when something wonderful happens like this, we've, we've got to celebrate as well. And finally, David, in conclusion, the royal family is better than you. I, 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 I'm, I'm proud. I, I'm proud. I, I really am of, of the royal family. I, I watched the coronation of, of the Queen in 1950, so I think it was. And um, I've, I've followed them ever since. David, I appreciate your, your, your call this morning. Thank you. Speak sense. He knows his place. The royal family are better than David and Woburn Sands. Lisa and Luton, the royal family are better than you. They are, definitely. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Tell me why. Um, because my uncle used to work for them on the royal train. And they were really, really, you know, really good in that. Because... Wow. Um, Charles you, um, took a photo um, with my uncle, actually, on the royal train. That's Prince Charles to you, Lisa. Oh, sorry, yes, Prince Charles. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not a royal or anything, but... I can tell. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> so, Prince Charles, His Royal Highness, Prince Charles, took a photo... Well, sorry, did you say it was your dad or your uncle? My uncle, Les. Uncle Les? Yeah. And um, on the royal... Uh, he was actually on the royal train, and he actually used to work there... But unfortunately, he died of cancer, throat cancer. Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that. And um, that's all right. Um, and when we went to the funeral, they actually sent a fleur de lis um, flowers, about three foot, to his funeral. From the royal family? Yeah. And was it signed, Prince Charles? Yes, it was. Was it and really? The royal family. Yes, it was. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not it being funny. Him. I bet your, I it bet was... your family were, were showing off like nobody's business, and rightfully so. Yes, you, yeah, they were. That's fantastic. And you hear well, that, Lisa? Honestly, that is such a great story. Not obviously your, your, your uncle dying, but such a great story because it shows the humanity uh, yeah. that the royal family have that a lot of people think they don't have. They think they're out of touch. They think they haven't got a clue, and yet they sent a fleur de lis to your uncle's funeral. And they don't need they to do, do that, do they? No, they don't. Um, he not for the likes of us. No, I, I totally understand that. Yeah, but the fleur de lis was um, it was uh, like a white fleur de lis. Yep. And then like a blue background. Beautiful. Like white flowers and Classy. I think it was made of plastic, but oh. it was <laughs> it was it was still nicer than yeah. to send some flowers. You know Have you got mean? that picture that Prince Char- that His Royal Highness Prince Charles took of Uncle Les? Um, I have, yes. And I've got it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good really... for you. Good for you. Lisa, listen, th- <laughs> but just to, just to confirm, the royal family are better than you? Um, because, I don't know, really, they're just brilliant. <laughs> Lisa, thank you very much indeed. Well, well, well done. Because it, um, it takes bravery. What a lovely story. It takes bravery in, in 2014 to come on 
and say that. It's kind of, we've got all these, you know, kind of socialist views where we've had that sort of thought knocked out of us. It's wrong to bow and scrape. It's wrong to look up to people. Well, that's part of the, pr- the reason we're in such a, a, a state now. Yeah, we don't know our place, do we? We don't know our place. Broken Britain is partly because we don't know who to look up to and who to salute to. We all wrongly think that we're equal, well, and we we're not. That, we all think we're going to be famous and do great things. We're not. Some of us, some people are just better than us. Yeah. The royal family. That was a, what a lovely story. They sent flowers to her uncle Les's funeral. I'll be honest, I bet, I bet her family were uh, showing off a little bit mm, yeah, down why the street. Not? Why not? You're yeah. going to dine out on that one, aren't you? We once went in the royal box at Drury Lane, took my grandma... She was in tears. Who, the Queen? No, my grandma oh. said, this isn't for the likes of me. We said, no. I remember you telling me this story. I remember you telling me this. She was, this is not, she was genuinely in tears, wasn't she? She really was. She <laughs> knows her place. We said, no, Grand, it's not for the likes of us. <laughs> we're in the wrong box. Actually, we're down there. Actually, the view is rubbish. I know. The box, you're, I've done this before and I still do it again. Insanity is repeating the same uh, thing and expecting different, different results, results, right? Yeah. I have several times booked a, a box at a theatre thinking, dead posh, dead so. The view from the boxes is rubbish. You're looking down on the stage. You have to hang out if you want to see anything. If you want to go and see, also, uh, last time I went to, uh, I was in a box, was, uh, uh, <laughs> was um, uh, Basil Brush, right? I could see the hand up, up Basil's bum. How come you got the box for that? Royals didn't want to see it. <laughs> I think they've seen it before. All right, <laughs> <laughs> four five nine four double five five double five. Well done to our last two callers. The Royals are better than us. Fact. If he sees Miss Saigon from that box, it's rubbish. <laughs> He's had that every day of his life. Yeah, he must be wondering what's so special about theatre. What he can see is people in the wings wearing black. But he wishes he could sit in the stalls. Yeah, he'd love a bit of that. Have we got any more taxes? Yeah. Gay. We have. Good. Shall we read them? This is for Justin. Oh. After the <laughs> grief Ian and Kath gave him yesterday over his pronunciation, note to Ian: text plural te- is texts, not texts. Texas. Don't give it to Justin. Justin doesn't know what the... So we had a, we, yesterday we were talking about telepathy and Justin pronounced it telepathy, right? And we actually had a proper stand-up row in the office. Honestly, it started off as a little bit of banter and in the end, me and Justin were both standing up arguing the toss over how you pronounce it and Kath was doing the kind of, lads, lads, calm down, it's not worth it, you're just arguing over the pronunciation of telepathy. Yeah, I had to get in between them at one point. What Maybe was it's his, not worth it. What was the other word he came up with an example of how you can mispronounce it? It was one February. It was February, but there was another one. But where it was, it was the letter. Oh, oh grass. Grass. He's got. I said, yeah, but they've both gone. He said, you can say grass, you can say grass. I went, yeah, but they've both gone a in. You're not changing a whole letter. He's such a dumpling, isn't he? I love him though. Uh, I'm not so sure. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, last fifteen minutes of the show. Uh, we are talking about the royal family being better than us. Uh, do taxi drivers need to speak English? I think that's it, isn't it? That'll do, I think. Yeah, that'll do. Let's get the travel. Here's Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M1. At the moment, the service area is still closed at um, the Toddington services between Junction 11 and 12 due to a burst water main there. The M1 is looking busy between Junction 11 Dunstable Road and Junction 10 at Faluton Airport Spur Road. There's also a lane closed on the M1 heading northbound to Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the A1M on the sensors looking quite heavy between Junction 9 for Letchworth and Junction 7 for Stevenage. Very heavy moving at the moment on the M25 heading clockwise between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and Junction 25 for Enfield. Roadworks are taking place there, causing delays. Also queuing on the M40 from the Denham roundabout to the M25. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.45, it's Tuesday the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Flights at Luton Airport are returning to normal this morning after yesterday afternoon's security alert, although some delays are expected. More than 1,300 taxi drivers in Milton Keynes will undergo fresh police checks following a serial rapist being granted a taxi licence. And the latest opinion polls that uh, suggest that support for and against Scottish independence... Stop that. ...is tied at 41%. Scotland, if you decide to go, I completely understand. Thank you very much. Let's get the weather. Here's Kitty. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It is a beautiful start right the way across all three counties again this morning. Another day of fine, a dry weather. We have got a little bit of high cloud, a little bit of mist out there, but it is lifting as we speak and the cloud is fairly high as well, so that's going to thin and break through the course of the morning. Sunny spells to follow and then the temperature likely to get up to around 20, maybe even 21 Celsius this afternoon. So this high pressure continues, which means daytime's warm, nighttime fairly chilly. We've got lengthy clear spells. That's when the temperature will drop, and especially air in the countryside. We've also got a bit of mist and fog likely as the wind remains light. Minimum temperature 8 Celsius, perhaps a degree or so more in towns and cities. For tomorrow it's a similar start. The mist and fog will lift and then we'll get some sunny spells. Temperatures staying in the low 20s. That's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't you be patronising. Excuse me, I'm talking, sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. One way, pet hate... I feel really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, man, what a busy show. Uh, 12 minutes of the show. If you want to give us a call, now is the perfect time to do it. 08459 555 three, three kind of key things this morning. We'll, we'll speak to Justin about one of them in a second. That's on whether cab drivers should have to speak English. I'm not convinced they should. I'm not convinced they should. As long as they can understand, I want to go to, and how much. That's all they need, and isn't it? And you missed the turning. Yeah, I mean, but the, when you learn French, the, oui. first, the first thing, or, or German, is surely gongs a bit of, we come at a campessens and barn of gens, you get out, also be kreuzung de barn of a Lincoln Zeiter. The first bit you learn is, I have some pets, I have a brother and sister. I like to play football. 
You don't know. No, I hated football. You learned to lie. The football. I didn't have any pets. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious that you, taxi drivers, I think, don't need to speak English. We're also talking about royals. They're better than us, aren't they? We've had two callers who've been brave enough to admit it. Will you admit it? And Steve, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that there's a royal baby being born? Lovely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great news. The, the, the royals are certainly better than you, aren't they, Stephen? No, I'm better than everyone else. What? <laughs> okay, I'm not buying that. Go on. What do you want to? What, what did you want to say? English. Of course, taxi drivers should understand English. Why? Speak English. Why? Because we're they're in an English-speaking country. Why do they need? To, why do they need? Well, they just to, need to, to integrate. You talk about integration with foreigners. Well, they're putting a barrier in the way of society. But you know, with, taxi drivers. Taxi drivers don't need to integrate. We're talking well, specifically. We're talking specifically about taxi drivers, Steve. What are the the, the pluses of them knowing English? Well, to understand where you're going. I've or said the problem. I've said that, Steve. I've said as long as they know, I want to go to, and how much is the fare? Those no, are the only true. two it's things they need to know. To know English anyway. You go Whitley, Spain, and you're living there as a job. You're going to learn Spanish or Portuguese or whatever, aren't you? To integrate and to understand. Their language, but but, but you, Steve, that they don't. Most, for, for a start, for a start, most Brits don't learn Spanish when they go and live abroad, particularly well, in Spain. Well, I don't know because I've not gone over there. Well, it's true. Know. It's true. Uh, if you go to, to where there are big Span- uh, big English communities in Spain, do you know what you find? A load of English. <laughs> yeah, you find a load of load of greasy spoons that sell bacon and eggs, ginsters, and screen the X Factor on a Saturday night. That's what you find. Yes, well, that's the integration. We're talking about England. We're talking well, about England. You, you, talking you were about talking about, about you were talking about Spain, Steve. You brought it up, mate. Yes, I did. But we were using about taxi drivers. Yeah. Of course, you should learn to speak English or understand English. Why? To communicate, your pillar. No, no, Steve. Again, you're talking about integration. <laughs> you're talking about pillars. You're talking it's about the same thing, isn't it? It's like no. it's like Polish shops. Right, they want. They don't want to integrate because I can't understand Polish, so they're isolating me from going into their shop. Steve, I'm, not, I'm shop. not. I'm not talking about integration. Forget integration for one second. I'm talk- talking strictly about the act of driving someone from A to B and receiving a fare. They right, do, well, they need to speak they, English communication. Right, end of story. Well, it's no, no, no beginning of story. I've told you. Okay, just listen, Steve. I don't know. Don't think you're paying attention probably this morning, which is most no, unlike I you. Apologise, eh? Apology <laughs> accepted. Uh, uh, all they need to do is understand A to B, and uh, how much is the fare. What else do they need to understand to function as a taxi driver beyond that? No, they need to know. It's just, it's just nice to know. No, it's, no, no, no. Ah, ah, ah! It's not a case of whether it's nice to know. What? Other things do they need to know to be a taxi driver? Well, they need to speak English and understand English. Tell me they? why. Well, to, to tell them to go, you know, go to Brook Street, wherever. I've told you, Steve, you're not listening. They understand I want to get from A to B. They understand how much is the fare. What <laughs> they're other in what? That country. They should learn to speak Steve, English. Steve, you're ignoring the question. Yeah, I know, because I've got a bigger picture and a bigger view about them. But forget that. All I'm talking about is taxi drivers for a second. What other phrases, apart from the two I've already said, do they need to know to function as a taxi driver? Right, if they can understand where you're going to tell them where to go and go, it doesn't really matter, does it? Perfect. But personally... There we go, then. Steve, 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 thank you very much indeed. Thank you. You, you argued... You were arguing against yourself and re- you realised that I was, of course, talking sense. Communication, you see. Communication is the key. Sometimes I think, I wonder if Steve speaks English. He has a select number of phrases. Justin Dealey. <laughs> oh, great stuff, boss. Thank you, mate. 
Yes. What you got for us? Uh, talking about taxi drivers, um, I'm convinced that, that uh, you will change your opinion off the back of this piece. Oh. Okay. okay. So I've been uh, taking this to the streets this morning, asking people whether it matters if taxi drivers can speak good English or not. Yeah. Now, there is actually uh, an owner of a taxi firm towards the end of this piece coming up. Here's what people had to say on the streets about this issue. Yeah, it does matter. It does matter whether they speak English or not. Yeah. Have you ever had an incident where you've gone in the wrong direction or the wrong location because they couldn't speak the language properly? Yes, yes, yeah. Many a time, many a time. Just how frustrating is that for you? Because ultimately, of course, you're paying for a service. You pay extra for them when they go the wrong direction because they're not going to take it off their meter, are they? You've got to pay for them doing that. When you put it like that, they should all speak good English then? Of course they should, of course they should. What do you think, madam? Does it matter if, if taxi drivers speak English or not? I don't think it matters as all, at all, as long as they know where they're going and they can drive. So you've never had a problem where you try to communicate and ended up in completely the wrong place then? Um, as I said, as long as they can understand as much to know where they're going, it doesn't really matter. I'm not really there to make conversation. It's more of a service to get me from A to B. So you actually run a taxi company here in Luton. Let me put the question to you that, that we're asking today. Do you think it matters if taxi drivers can't speak English? Well, it's obvious. We are dealing with the public. So in the public we are dealing with are English-speaking people. So if you cannot react with the people you are dealing with, What's the purpose? What do you think about those companies who employ taxi drivers who who can't speak good English at all? Well, it's not up to me to say, but I think that's a disaster. Because how can you deal with people if you cannot communicate with them? Communication is more important than anything else, isn't it? Supposing you are speaking to me now, I don't understand what you are saying. And you can't understand me. It wouldn't be great, would it? Oh, well, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very interesting. I appreciate your time. Have a good day, sir. All the best. Thank you very much. Different thing altogether, though, mate. No, 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 not at all. all. Of course, when you go out and speak to people on the streets, we need them to be able to speak English. And I I know that you always hunt down people who have got the best English. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. what kind of radio is that? Yeah, I think we did this experiment about a year ago. In 30 minutes in Luton, we found, what, 16 people who could not speak a word but of that's, English. But that's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the taxi driver, you've got the owner, the owner of a taxi company. You can't get more credible than that, saying it will be a disaster if you can't well, speak just, good English. That's just his opinion. Yeah, but his opinion is absolutely right, because he well, runs a minute, the company. You were on my side earlier on. No, I, I did think to myself, I thought, does it really matter if he types it into a sat-nav? But, but speaking to people with their experiences, and uh, we could have had a few more on there, people saying that they've got into taxis, they've had to pay more because they've gone in the wrong direction, and if you can't communicate, well, you're going to end up in the wrong place, and it's going to cost you more money. Just, you've done some cracking stuff today. If this, I I suspect this royal story, the baby, will continue tomorrow. Do you know what, Ian? People just smiling this morning. It's great, isn't it? Wonderful. We've had so much love on the air. Yeah. I I, I may ask you to go, we've been asking about it's obvious that the royal family are better than you, they're better than me, they're Mm. better than all of us. I might send you out to ask that, if that's all right. Well, it's it's a no-brainer. They yeah. are. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a couple of people brave enough to admit it, but a couple uh, of, of dissenting voices. So. Do you know why I love the royal family so much? On, because I look up to them. Yep. And yeah. As a nation, we need to accept that they are bigger, they are better. We can never touch them, but ultimately, that's why we love them so much. Justin, excellent stuff this morning. Liam's in Bletchley on the subject of uh, cab drivers. Morning, Liam. 
Good morning. How, uh, I, I, I found the, the discussion very amusing. Um, I think that, uh, I, I mean, I lived in London, worked, lived and worked in London for a long time, and the taxi drivers knew where they were going. But moving to Bletchley, I had a bad leg, oh. and um, I, I got a taxi from uh, Milton Keynes once, yeah. and the taxi driver didn't know where he was going, and he said, do you not know where you live? And I, uh, I said, well, no, I, I, that's why I got a taxi. Um, I don't really care what language they're used to as long as they know the way about, really. And that's the key thing, isn't it, Liam? They don't need to speak English as long as they know how to get to where they're going. Exactly. I agree entirely with you. Liam, are you Scotch? Yes, I am. Uh, well, what What are your thoughts on the uh, old Scottish independence? Are you in or are you out? I, I, I don't trust politicians. Oh. I haven't heard a, 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 a reasonably good argument on either side. But I live here, so um, I don't have a say in the matter. Okay. But I but think so you, you live here, so I'm guessing that you'll accept what we've been discussing this morning, that the, the Queen is better than you, isn't she? Well, the Queen is uh, a, a figure of um, certain admiration yep. in many ways. Yep. Um, I don't know that I'm that interested in the, oh. the fact that she's going to have another grandchild. Still, it's nice for her, though, isn't it? Of course, she's an, an eighty-year-old woman. Eighty-odd-year-old woman is going to have a new grandbaby. That's beautiful. Uh, of course, I, I think oh. in that respect, it's brilliant. Yeah. But you get bombarded with the news about it yeah. all the time. Yeah. There are other things. Well, this is the official station of the Royal Baby, and this is certainly the official uh, show of the Royal Baby, if it's a girl. If it's a boy, then I'm afraid uh, that Hart gets that privilege. So. Yeah. Fingers crossed it's a girl, because this could be the official show of the Royal Baby. Of the new princess. Of the new princess of power. Who is that? She-Ra. She-Ra. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. Very quickly, Andrea's uh, Facebook me. Please stop banging on about that new baby. I'm sick of hearing about it now. They can have to... By the way, guys, when you're posting on the internet, punctuation still works. Mm-hmm. Please stop banging on about that new baby. I'm sick of hearing about it now. That new they... baby? How disrespectful. They can have 27 kids for all I care, as long as I don't have to hear about it. And as for the morning sickness, that's not even news. Millions of women suffer from that rant over. Andrea. It's nice, though, isn't it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound. There's a lane closed at the moment, uh, just at junction 9 for Redbourne. There's an overturn vehicle there. The A1M's looking busy heading southbound between junction 9 at Letchworth and junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading clockwise is blocked at the moment between junction 23 for the A1M and also junction 24 for Potter's Bar. There's a lorry fire there causing delays. And it's queuing on the M40 heading northbound from the Denham roundabout to the M25. So far, having a look at the train. Everything seems to be running to time across the three counties. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Final word of this goes to Stephen and Milton Keynes. He sent a long email, but I think the last sentence sums it all up. The royal family is our heritage, and they should be the envy of the world. Stephen, thank you, mate. 
Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... How well do you think Luton Airport handled yesterday's security alert? Luton Airport was closed for more than four hours yesterday.